Hello and welcome to the Tim Pence Vectrex Arcade Podcast. My name is Victor Marland and this is going to be a special podcast, not just with me and not with our usual Sean as well. Our very special guest for this special one-off episode, Mr Chris Parsons. Hello, how are you? I'm Vic, I'm good. Excellent Happy stuff. Sunday. Well, I've got you on because you are, as far as I know, a Vectrex expert. I am, Definitely. It's one of those. You are the guy who people might have seen at Revival, or do you have been to the play? Eps Expos, uh, or is it just Revival you go to normally? Not with any of my Vectrex. I've been to a play. Yeah, but, but you go to so Revival a lot of the time, the big ones, and take a bunch of Vectrex. Vectrex, Vectri. I don't know what you call them, a number of Vectrex, a bunch of Vectrexes. Yep. And you have them out on a table, and there's lots of interesting software to play that people may not have played before even, or even seen. A lot of different hardware, odd stuff, because you're a massive collector of Vectrex. And um, we're going to do a bit of an in-depth dive to Vectrex. There's been a few Vectrex podcasts lately, and they're very good. Um, but I think we can go a little bit deeper into them, especially with an expert like yourself on, Chris. And I've been playing all the different games, and I've got quite a few... Bits and bobs to do with the Vectrex, and I've been into it for quite a while as well. Um, so before we start off, um, I'm just going to go into how I got into Vectrex. I mean, in 1982 and 1983, when it was um, first out, I used to see these things in um, shopping catalogues, like the Marshall Ward catalogue and Littlewoods, which is a catalogue in the UK we had in the 80s, where you could buy stuff and pay it off weekly or monthly if you didn't have a lot of money. And for about 200% interest, so you ended up paying 500 quid for a Vectrex. It, but you was, have one. it was a massive rate, but I think if you, you were buying stuff and paid off quickly, it was worth yeah. a lot less. So it was quite a, a thing back then. I don't really see them nowadays. I'm not even sure they even do them anymore. Obviously, no, you have, you have so. shops and things that do that. But it was a great place to look for toys when you were a kid. They had loads of toys and the underwear section. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, I always used to see the Vectrex, and it used to blow my mind, because I always wanted one, because it said it was just like the arcade. And it looked like an arcade machine, because it had a monitor inbuilt, in and it was uh, like asteroids, it was all sort of line graphics, vector graphics. And it used to freak me out as a kid, because I didn't know anyone who had one. I always used to ask for one, but back then, they were quite expensive, and it was way too expensive for a toy to buy for a kid. Yeah. So the first one I got, my ex-wife, this is going back a bit, bought me mine for a birthday or a Christmas present back in about 2000. And um, I had a small handful of carts with it. I'm not sure if I bought them off eBay or in the shop she got it from. I can't remember. I didn't have many. Uh, I had, obviously, Berserk and Scramble, because they're some of my favourite games in the arcade, and they're very good on the Vectrex as well. And then later on, I found out there was um, a multi-cart for it, and I bought a Richard Hutchinson multi-cart, and I can't remember if mine had an inbuilt SD card or an inbuilt memory. And I personally never liked the menu system on it, because it had four games on each page. So you press the buttons one, two, three, or four to play the game and move the joystick left and right to move through the pages. And you had to build the uh, the menu with a funny program on the, on the computer. But it played lots and lots of games, which was absolutely brilliant. At the time, it was the best thing since sliced bread. It really was. So and the weird thing about the, the Richard Hutchinson car I had and there's actually nothing wrong with it I found out in the end but for some reason some of the games on my cartridge played upside down not not the actual game the text so I was sort of I think I asked you a question about it years ago and I was trying to work out how to do it and I couldn't remember what was going on with it and in the end I thought I bought I think I bought another cartridge or something or one of the 72 and ones or something but what I found out years later is inside the Vectrex there's some trimmer pots 
that I didn't realise you could adjust it inside. And I just adjusted it using the multi using the the test cart, which has got a sort of text adjustment on it. Yeah. And I adjusted it around the right way. And it was fine ever since then. And it was bugging me for years and years and years. It just drifted out of alignment on its own. It's so weird that the text goes upside down. I've never never done those, but I've got some where the text is a lot smaller than other ones. Yeah. So I should really check out where that trim put is and try and adjust mine. Yeah, the scary thing is you've got to take the thing apart to do it. But you only have to take the, the back of the case off. It's quite easy to yeah. do. Just keep your hands I'm up. I'm quite happy doing bits. that. Mm. So. so that was a good thing. I sorted out in the end, but I had lots and lots of games on there and some homebrews. Well, so I had the original 29 games and, and the homebrew. And a few months ago, I managed to get a faulty second one for myself for £170 delivered. Now, the big thing about delivering a Vectrex is they don't travel well because there's a monitor in built in, but basically a nine-inch black-and-white TV, essentially. And I know Alex, our friend Alex, um, had one delivered, and the mounts inside broke. Now, the tube was actually okay. It didn't neck the tube, but the mounts inside broke. And I think he got his money back in the end because the, the guy just didn't pack it properly. You've got to pack it like you're packing your, your firstborn, basically. So um, I, I got it delivered. It was actually okay. I, was, I said to the guy, please, these things are really breakable. Will you deliver it? I'll pay extra money for it. And he said, no, 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 I know how to deliver these things. And he covered it in so much bubble wrap. It was unreal. It kept me going in bubble wrap for about three months. Yeah, nice. So that was good. And what happened was it didn't have a controller with it. And the guy said, oh, sometimes the controller works and sometimes it doesn't. But I'm keeping that for my other Vectrex because he was a bit of a dealer. He sold lots of home consoles and stuff. And I was like, oh, yeah, I know what that is. And uh, we'll sort of cover it later on. But it was quite a simple thing to do. But because it was quite an early Vectrex, the chip I had to remove was soldered to the main board. Yeah. So I had to unsolder it. I actually snipped it off, unsoldered it, put a socket in and put the chip in. Absolutely fine. And I've got lots of controllers anyway, so um, I'm okay with that. That's good. That's good. Bargain. So where did you get yours from and when? Did you have one as a kid? No, I didn't. Um, I had Atari 2600, Commodore 64. Did always want one. I think I'd seen it in magazines, um, reading CMVG and stuff like that. And one of my cousins did have one. Oh. Not sure if I ever saw it, because I've got about 40-odd cousins or so, but um, right. I knew he had one, and uh, I do. I remembered him. He wrote into CMVG asking about oh. when more games and things were coming out. Right. Um, so I did a search in, uh, for research for this and actually found it, because I figured it must be in, right, like, 1984. No way, really? So May, the May issue of CMVG 1984, yeah. It's, um, right. Well, we've actually is, got a link to that, which I'll put on the show notes for everyone to have a look at. How cool is that? Cool. So it's there. Uh, bad news for Vectrex. Dear sir, so this is my cousin writing. I'm writing in reply to S. Hansford's letter about the Vectrex game system. The instructions for Mindstorm definitely have an error in them because I've reached Minefield 64, show off, and yeah. no, new, no, no new universe has appeared. Oh. There is also a very large bug in Fortress of Narzod. When I reached the Mystic Hunter with five lives left and killed him, I got an infinite number of lives. This carried on for I don't know how long, but I managed to reach level four before I had to go for my tea. Good, <laughs> good use of correct use of breakfast, dinner, and tea there. Absolutely. When I came back, the machine had reset itself. Right. <laughs> also on scramble, when you are going through parts of the maze, you can bomb through the walls. Yeah. Vectrex games are even better than ColecoVision games for discovering bugs. No, 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 no. (laughs) When will the Vectrex carry case, 3D imager, and computer adapter be brought out? Mark Bocock, Lauf Lincolnshire. 
How cool is that? <laughs> yeah, so the editor, so uh, not sugarcoating the answer. In fact, Vectrex is being pulled out of the UK market and will only be available as long as present stocks last. This Ooh. means that there won't be a carry case 3D imager or computer adapter. Well, <laughs> two of those things out of three are, are wrong, aren't they? Yeah, well, in the UK. So I think no, no, we did get the carry case was the Vectrex's. Yeah, the, it did. The 3D imager didn't make it here, but the carry case, there are some MP ones. Right. That guy was in the right miserable side. No, actually, it's been it's been discontinued. <laughs> yeah. Up yours, kid. Yeah. <laughs> How so old anyway, was he so at the time when he wrote that in? He's a bit older than us, so twenty-eight years old. No, he was probably late teens, early twenties, though. Oh right, but wow. We were, yeah. So we'd have been in eighty-four. I'd have been eleven. So he could probably yeah. afford it by that age as well, because we yeah, he'd it obviously well into his games reading reading the letterback. So. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that was so I knew about it. I never sold any of my old computers or consoles or anything. Just always kept them. Always wanted to get more. Mm-hmm. When I started working in '96, I um, went to car boots every week, and it was back when you could go every week and fill yeah. your boot and come home with tons of stuff. But never got a sniff of a Vectrex. So I think it was '98. I put a wanted ad in the local free ads paper. Oh, free uh, ads, uh, yeah, yeah, diamond free ads in Reading. Wow. Uh, I got four phone messages when I got back from work with people wanting to sell them. So I just must have had them lying around. And this one guy, wow. um, he sort of spoke to him on the phone and then went round. He had he'd bought it from you. He had bought every game that wow. came out in the UK, as well as importing the light pen and the two light pen games, Animaction and Melody Master from the US. Wow. I mean, how many people back then would have been thinking importing stuff from the US? Yeah. Um, so we sort of settled on £120 for the lot. <laughs> so that's all, what, 18 UK games, a Vectrex controller, a spare box controller. Oh, my God. Um, and then the big box light pen that came with Artmaster and Animaction and Melody Master, all box complete. Oh, my God. And overlay. So I basically had everything but the 3D image and the two 3D games and didn't have Pole Position, Pole Rescue or Star Castle. Wow. For 120 quid. What's that, about three games worth nowadays, isn't it? Three yeah, three common if, if, games? If, if they were nice, really nicely completed box, you're going, yeah, probably wow. the 40 quid end of things, so yeah. That is not um, bad at all. And there's a picture here, which with your permission I'll put on the website. Yeah, that's fine. Of all the games. It looks like all of them, and a load of other nice things as well. This is your Vectrex shelf. No, it's a Vectrex yeah. unit, isn't it? So not just one shelf, it's a unit of stuff. Yeah, their shelves. There's not much, nice. hardware, not much of the hardware there, but um, yeah, all the games. Wow. So yeah, that was in '98, and there were already actually already a few homebrew brews out. Yeah, like John Donzilla, I think Clay Cowgill's uh, Moonlander type game had come out by then, cool. and I've pretty much bought every homebrew since then. I would say. Oh wow, that is a really impressive picture, isn't it? It's very cool. <laughs> I've seen all this lot as well. It's very very good. Now, we're going to talk a little bit about um, the outlines of the machine, the tech specs, the controller, uh, the music chip inside, the, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, so the Vectrex, it was uh, released in North America by GCE in November 82, uh, then Europe and Japan in 83. GCE was bought out by Milton Bradley, the company behind MB Games, and released the Vectrex in Europe in 1983. And Bandai distributed it in Japan. Um, release price was $199 in the US. I remember seeing a price of £199 in the UK. I'm sure that, that rings a bell. Was it that price in the UK as well? I, th- I think it was uh, from 
see, yeah, see, seeing catalog pictures and stuff like that. I think until the price crashed and that Woolies yeah. were selling alpha fifty quid. Yeah, I think, yeah, that sounds about right. Which was so is it quite expensive? What I'm trying to think. What my like a C sixty four was that one nine nine or two nine? I think I think when it first came out it was two ninety nine. Yeah. And then it went down to 199, like a yeah. few a Christmas eight or something. Because they, they were, I mean, computers back then, home computers were, you know, it's still in their infancy, I suppose. And they were just damned expensive. I mean, I never got a Commodore 64 until years later. I had a Vic 20, and yeah. that was like knocked down in Dixons for 50 quid. Because you know, your parents just thought, oh, that's a toy. Mm. I'm not paying 200 quid for a toy because basically your dad probably would have got a second-hand car for that price back then, and they're not going to buy you a car, are they? <laughs> Well, we we had a Commodore sixty four, and in reasonably early days, I think probably eighty four. Did you have to share it with your brother though? One of them, yeah, yeah. There were five of us, so two of us were oh, into wow. games. So, but still, you look at inflation and stuff based on the prices then, and think, jeebus, yeah, that's a lot of money. Really expensive nowadays, yeah, absolutely. Now the Vectrex has got a Motorola sixty eight oh nine. It's a 68809, which is a really good chip, using arcade games as well, running at 1.5 megahertz. It's got a mind-bending one kilobyte of RAM, and that's in the form of two 2114 RAMs, same users in Galaxian and a bunch of other arcade boards. So it's got quite a lot of arcade hardware in it, if you know what I mean. It has an 8K ROM chip too. Standard carts are up to 32K, but have been exceeded nowadays. Um, the machine also uses a MOS 6522 VIA, which is the same as in a VIC-20, Commodore 64, BBCB, and other computers. Uh, the sound and controllers are done by a Yamaha AY38912. Now, that's similar to the AY38910, but I think it's got a few less input-outputs. Input I can't remember the, the, the terminology of it. It's got a few extra legs on it anyway, basically. It's two different things. But... Um, the AY38910 is using a lot of arcade games. Um, Scramble, Turtles, Rescue, 1942, Kangaroo. There's there's tons of them that use this chip. So it uses an arcade chip. I think the Spectrum 128 had a, th- yeah. a 38912 in it as well. So it's basically the same chip as the, the Spectrum 128 used a lot yeah. of years later. It is because you can rip the music out. The Outrun, Outrun demo I did, the music was Chris oh, right. Star ripped out of uh, the Specky version. Specchio Amstrad, the one, one to eight, and some of the music demos he's put together are the music out of uh, Specky one to eight, like Monty on the Run and Robocop. And, nice. Because yeah. I actually made a little while ago, for when I was fixing that second Vectrex of mine, I actually made on a little um, perf board a converter. Because the, the 38912 has got a few less legs on it than the 8910, and the 8910 oh, legs yeah. aren't used. So you just got to sort of move around a little bit. One, one side of it, is almost the same, and the other, there's a few extra different bits, of, and it, it did actually work. It was an ugly looking thing, but if you've got one printed up in like Osh Park or something, yeah. you can get them made nicely. So someone should be able to do that. I, I haven't bothered doing it because in the end, I just bought an 8912. It was easy to do. Yeah, they're like not too quid. expensive. Most of them, yeah, most of the socketed chips are not too expensive. I stocked up a bit on you know, mm. three or four of each. Yeah, absolutely. So I've got them. Yeah, so um, built-in vector monitor. It's a special part of the Vectrex. Um, gives it a certain look and feel to it. It's black and white, nine inch, vertically oriented. Again, makes it you know really more like the arcades. You wouldn't yeah. be putting your telly at home on the side. <laughs> no. You get a thick ear at best for that. Uh, 
it's got the small notches in the case at the top and bottom in front of the screen that you insert the colored overlays, uh, flexi like uh, acetates. Mm-hmm. Uh, each game came with one, uh, unique to the game, to give the impression of color graphics, add information for what the buttons do. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes, a bit like Armor Attack, wasn't just colors, but it drew on parts of it, so it looked like um, knackered buildings. Just um, like the arcade did. Just like the arcade did, yeah. Mm. Warrior that came out as homebrew, similar. So it's th- things like that where it wasn't just coloured. Sometimes it would add a little bit of some extra graphic type yeah. uh, information in there. Um, some really good, others a bit a bit plain. Don't really do too much. Um, like football one, plain green. Yeah. Others that you know add colour in really specific places and quite nice. I like I like having the overlays on. Some people don't at all. I at least have a plain green one for development or just anything. I never have the bare screen. So. Yeah. But I know some people just don't like the overlays and play it black and white. I, I, I find them a bit fiddly to move around, but they do add to the game. I mean, the ones for some of the new games like Vector Pilot and, and um, Vector Patrol are very, very good. Yeah. And your one's pretty good for some of your games as well, the blue one for Big Blue. Obviously, yeah, you're going to have a blue one, aren't you? It's brilliant. Well, indeed, yeah. So that that's fairly plain. has a bit of information on it. Yeah. Um, it's the hardest bit for when making games to get a printer who can do do them all and then do a good job where you've got richness of colour coupled with clarity. Yes. And my printer has a trade-off between those just the way it does it. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, we'll go a bit, little bit more into the overlays later on. So a bit of an essential part to the game sometimes. I think the the machine does look a little bit flat just in white. It's nice just to have a colour. And, and some people have done aftermarket ones as well, which are like really trippy colours on. So they sort, of, they sort of work with all games. So you haven't got to... Yeah, yeah they're cool. Yeah, you haven't got to sort of t- keep taking it on and off and wearing the things out. You can just leave one on all the time and just use it as a standard yeah. one, which is tend to what I do at the moment. Right. Um, you also get... As well as the, a, bra- a monitor inbuilt to the thing, you get a controller as well. Because I mean, even later on, um, computers hardly ever came with a with a, a joystick or a joypad back then. So it's an analog joystick, which is a bit of a weird thing, uh, with four count them four buttons. This was unheard of on consoles back then. Most joysticks were a single button affair or a weird, uncomfortable kind of thing with a telephone style number pad and hand cramping controls. I'm looking at you in television and ColecoVision. Um, I think even the Apple II had an analogue controller. It had two buttons. It was very unusual to have more than one button on a game. Definitely. The joystick also clips into the front of the Vectrex for stowage. It looked quite neat when you put it to, you know, put it away. Even has a very cute, curly, old-school telephone-style cable, which I still need to work out how to make. Control the, okay. these because I like the, the you curly. You just have to buy a curled at one. I I had a feeling. Wrap it around you, a pencil? No, nearly. You wrap it around a piece of metal, for instance, put it in yeah. the oven or heat it with a heat gun just for a little while, but not obviously yeah. red hot, yeah, not. and then let it cool and see if it will sort of keep it in the position. Yeah. I'm going to experiment one day with that because I've been thinking about that a lot and I was going to ask online about that, but I'm going to have a go at that one because I do like the curly... They really do make the Vectrex. So the ColecoVision had, had curly controllers as well, c- cables. Yeah. Well, good luck with that then. Yeah, I'm going to try that one. There's also another port. So you could buy a second controller for two-player games. And there's quite a few two-player games you can play together or against each other. The only problem with the controller was the physical ports on the Vectrex itself. They're sort of behind the little flap where you, where you take your controller out of underneath the screen. They're sort of quite a way in. And they've got like a weird chamfers on mm. the female part of it. So when you plug the the 
the controller in, it's got little beveled edges on it. So I presume so you can't put a wrong controller in there because the nine pin D pin controller is the same as you know the Atari standard. Yeah. But it wouldn't harm the thing if you put one in. No, just maybe they just didn't well. want. And a lot, of, you know, very few games at the time used the analog control. I wonder if they wondered about people putting Atari controllers in and not buying their controllers. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Because when you look at the pinout, which I'm really familiar with, one, two, three, and four is buttons one, two, three, and four. And on an Atari controller, I think it's up, down, left, right. Yeah. So you could press, you could move the controllers, it would oh, do your yeah. fire buttons. It'd be really weird anyway. Cause it would be. The way the Vectrex uses the controllers on the analog, it uses positive and negative five volts. So yeah. it's, it's a weird way it sort of like poles between the two. It's very clever how it works. Now, we also yeah. get around that problem nowadays with homebrew-made controllers with a Dremel. That's the easiest way to just Dremel that sucker off. It looks okay. ugly, but it works. I should try that. I've always uh, tried to also cut my hand open, uh, shaving them with a Stanley knife. That just is not the way of doing it. Yeah. Each, corn, each corner of the uh, bit that sticks in at the male end, just keep shaving it away until it fits. I think what I did is I actually cut myself with a knife when I was doing it. I went, well, I'm not doing that again. And yeah. I bought, I bought a, I've a just, Dremel. I've only nearly cut myself each time I've done it. Some like Atari driving controllers and things, but yeah, Dremel, better idea. Do you know what? Because I'm a CNC machinist, a miller, I was actually going to make, I thought about making a little fixture where you can, you can put them in and sort of clamp them in and just bring a cut around and, and cut it off with, a, with an end mill. So oh, yeah. it'd be really hmm. neat. But in the end, oh, couldn't be bothered. Yeah, I should works. do it really because it'd be a lot neater. But even when you take the, even when you cut them across, they're sort of hollow inside, so they're never going to look like an original Vectrex one. Because original Vectrex one was molded like that, it looks yeah. really neat. Yeah. It'd be nice to get someone to make some molded ones. Maybe one of the uh, the listeners out there could do that sort of thing. That'd be great. Because you must have to adjust the ones for all the ones you're making at the minute. Then you must buy these. Yeah. Leads and yeah, 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 yeah. We'll talk about that um, later on, but yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. You've got to do it, otherwise, it just don't work. They just can't fit them in. They will yeah. not go in without that chamfer put on them. Yeah, I've got a, um, a track and field box set for the C64 that's got this really cool blue button only buttons controller. Yeah, I remember those. I thought, yeah. ah, that'd be really cool to use on the Vectrex. At the time, I didn't know about them being a slightly different shape, so I yeah. wouldn't go in. I was like, a bit. Uh, strange, but um, I'm not going to cut that one up because it's too nice. Do you know what I could do for you? Oh, uh, an adapter, female, male extension. Yeah, because mm-hmm. when I make these so, controllers I make, yeah. I have to chop off the end of an extension cable. I've got about 40 of these things lying around. I've got loads of them. So we could probably do something with that, you know? Hmm. Cool. I'll check for later then. Nice one. So another free addition to the machine, apart from the controller, built-in monitor, and power supply, was a built-in game. Wow. Uh, a bloody good one as well. Po- arguably the best one on it, some people would say. Mindstorm, which is a take on asteroids. Um, excellent take on asteroids. Yeah. You turn the machine on without putting a cart in, and you are greeted with the best-known Vectrex game out there. It is a really good game as well, isn't it? It's like a sort of fast, zooped-up um, version of asteroids, and obviously plays on a vertical screen. But yeah, this was like, a, I suppose, a killer app before killer apps were about, weren't it? Totally. A lot of people had it and didn't have any other games. Or Did only you... ever remember having Mindstorm. Back in 82, do you remember any games that were actually built into a machine? Because sometimes you got a cartridge free with it, didn't you? Like a, an offer, like you got Combat with a 2600 yeah. or whatever. I can't remember any that... Because when I bought my VIC-20, you got, you got four cassettes with it, which you had to load in, obviously. But there was nothing 
in 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 the the CMOS or the BIOS or whatever, like in the Vectrex. No, I'm thinking of the Pong machines. Obviously, were either that or they were cart based. And if they were cart based, I think you had to put a cart in. It wasn't yeah uh, football. If it was not Pong, if it was nothing or yeah. fancy stuff, it was. But you know. Uh, you know, the only one I can think of, which was years later, was the Master System. Yeah, Master System, I do. Yeah, one I'd hang on different... to them, a snail game or something. Yeah, they're different versions. I think one of them might have had one of the um, the Alex Kidd games as well. Yes. Yeah, it was yeah, years it later, but that was that was a massive strike putting a game in it, wasn't it? Yeah, totally. Absolutely Should have been strike. a massive success, shouldn't it? Mm. It has everything going for it. Yeah, everything's built in there as well. So you weren't ever nicking the telly when Dad wanted to watch the yep. football, Mum wanted to watch Coronation Street or whatever, and it was just there. Now, we're going to go through the official games. We're going to do a super quick review of each one. Um, and a good place for Vectrex game manuals, because some of the games, like in television games, are li- not complicated, but you need to know what you're doing with them. Yeah. And if, if like me, a- an idiot, you sort of played them quickly and went, oh, this is rubbish, and turned it off, you won't get the best out of it. And I've just played a few of these over the last couple of nights I've never played before, and they're absolutely bang-on games. You just need to know what you've got to do. And they're very, very quick read as well. It's not like pages and pages of manual. It's like about five sentences usually. It tells you how to play it. And then you go, ah, oh, click, ping, yeah. off you go. And there's usually there's some game variations in them as well. A bit like on the Atari VCS, you'd have mm. you know variations to combat or to breakout. It did have a reasonable difference to some of the games, finding yeah. that out. Because otherwise it just says... Uh, game one, game two, game three. Yeah, and I've always just pressed button four to go start the game. Always, yeah. so I have actually gone into that a little bit as well. So we'll put the the th- the link on for the Vectrex Manual Project. That Vectrex Manual Project. Big mm-hmm. shout to uh, Helmut Muller who uh, put a ton of work into. So they're, they're all done from scratch. They're not scanned in. Oh wow! So he's recreated each of those that you can uh, download as PDFs. He's he's recreated them. Uh, you know, so they're all scalable PDF, proper nice, and yeah. done from scratch rather than scan. So that's, that's a ton of work gone into those. So I suppose you could actually print them out if you haven't got one and use it as a sort of yeah. a second. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, well done him. Yeah, so totally. I will leave these first three, I think they are, to you because I haven't got the hardware to play these, and this is the super rare 3D imager. Can you please explain to listeners what a 3D imager is if they don't know already? Yeah, sure. It's um, essentially the what the 3D imager for the Vectrex is shutter-style glasses, uh, same premise as the ones on the Master System or any other 3D effect glasses that use a sort of similar system, which blacks out one eye alternating. Right. So, so one eye at a time sees it does it really fast, same as the shutters, and so each eye is seeing a slightly different angle, mm-hmm. and that but your brain merges them both together and you get the 3D effect. So it's essentially doing that with a spinning disc a couple of centimetres away from your face. Right. Always feels a little bit of jeopardy there, like you might take the end of your nose off or something, but it, it's been fine so far. The weird um, thing about this is who thought this up? Yeah. It's a mind-bending <laughs> concept, but it actually works, doesn't it? Yeah. And the next and time I'm around your house, I'm going to have a yeah. go at your v- uh, totally. image, because apparently yeah. they're I'm, really, really good. It's it's for using. So even though I've got a third-party one, which we'll talk about, but yes. I do use the, the real one as well. Oh, you've got a real um, one as well? Ooh. Yeah. Oh, wow. Very nicely boxed one. Oh, you, you keep Obviously. that safe. So keep it in a safe somewhere. If you look closely in the picture of my collection from earlier, you'll, you'll see it. Oh, nice. Really? Wow. 
so yeah so it's already you know impressive it does this shut off one eye there but the, the section that's um transparent is also in three colors oh so the okay. program's doing timing on what it's drawing if it's for the left or right eye but it's also drawing the things that should be red and the things that should be green and the things that should be blue right so on the on the games as well as the, the what as i'll say it, it later it is a, actually a really convincing decent 3d effect um it also colorizes the vectors. You get three color games, and it, and that works incredibly well as well. Wow! So it, it's it's really cool. I would you, I think Jim Watt might have in some of his experiments. He's done some demos and things in three D, but he's done ones where it doesn't try to be three D. It just does the timing, so you get a color game. Oh, that is and interesting, could, isn't it? Yeah, you could put all the colors you wanted, really. I guess. Wow! But, yeah, because Mindstorm three D that comes with. Uh, a disc where the three colored sections are each about a third of that half of the translucent section. And okay. one of the other games uses that, but the other one has different, you know, only about 10% is one color. And... Oh, so the disc, you can interchange the discs and they've got different colors yeah. on them. Yeah, there's only two. Ah. There, there, you do need to correct one for what either 3D Crazy Coaster or Narrow Escape yeah. has a different one because the, the portions of color are are different they're not split three ways equally that is that is witchcraft isn't it it is magic yeah it's really cool i like the idea of that yeah i haven't looked into the programming side of it i know there's quite a lot of overheads in doing it with the extra you have to draw so then the games have to be simpler oh okay yeah so yeah so where's up to my uh description this so you've got this circular disc with half of obfuscated half of it in these three colors um with the correct timing creates this um the 3d effect uh, originals cost a lot um mm. hard to come by um i think roughly between the bottom end might be like six or seven hundred quid really well they can go over a grand one in quite nicely nicely boxed but certainly not mint boxed i was just looking on ebay at the top end was it's in the US, but I think it's like seventeen hundred dollars or something. Oh my lord! They can go crazy. They don't come up too often. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. But luckily, a guy called John who runs Madtronics, who we'll probably talk about in some of the other hardware bits, mm-hmm. he's created his own version of the 3D Imager. I think it's sort of almost like a part of a plastic welding mass type thing, and he's replaced the workings. Well, I think he uses a CD working from a CD player. All oh, right. Spin the disc. Yeah, made it made his own coloured discs to go on, and he's got both types for the different games. Right, um, works at least as well, possibly better than the original. And you wow. don't need to take out a mortgage to buy it. Yeah, um, yeah, it's ninety nine euros. Oh wow, that's really cheap, isn't yeah. it? For that for that cool thing, it's amazing. I've, that's really affordable, isn't it? It is. I mean, you'd know it's hard, really hard, even you know, to come by an original. And then you might not want to use it too much if you. Yeah, if it, if it, are they particularly proper. breakable as well? The originals. Um, if the, there's a foam section that goes across your forehead. A lot of those have perished. Yeah, I imagine they would in those years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, luckily, the one on mine is like I don't think it's been worn, so it hasn't had like sweat poured into it and then put back in a box for thirty Ew. years. So it's, yeah, yeah so it's not. Um, but I, th- I think they're fairly fairly um sturdy the originals but i yeah i prefer to be messing around with this repro one yeah and it's, it's superb oh, so, wow. you know 
so that that's cool. We we put if you want to put a link, um, I've stuck one in the notes there. It's Mad, Madtronics. Mm-hmm. He does a bunch of other things as well. So he comes and goes a bit from the scene, but he he will be in touch sooner or later. Yeah. He does all the PCBs for my games. So he's oh, know, right. He's always yeah, cool. Yeah. So moving on the games, three of them. <clears throat> 3D Crazy Coaster. I don't find this much fun, but the 3D effect, like the others, is, is decent. You're riding a roller coaster on a preset track. Uh, one of the buttons puts your arms up in the air. You can get more points for. Uh, you can duck as well, lean right. left and right. Um, and you duck because of birds and ice creams. Of course. You, you, when you're on a roller coaster, you need to be careful of ice creams. It's all ice creams, right? <laughs> so anyway, yeah. It it seems like a sort of thing they'd have done as a tech demo to prove it and then thought, what can we add in to make it a game? So right. um, I, I mark that as like three or four out of ten. Yeah, not great. Nice, nice enough to show, but it's uh, never like the game. Um, 3D Mindstorm. Now you're to, talking. Yeah. So I won't say much because it is essentially... My, the original Mindstorm game that's bundled in, and I know you've got a review later for mm-hmm. that. Um, but the the mines that are laid at the start that you're going to have to destroy are laid across three depths or planes of field. Right. So you can see all three planes. So you can, and the the effect of 3D is nice. You can you can tell that they're you know not, not on the same plane as you. Yeah. And you can only take out the ones that are on the same plane as you at any given time. Right. But you have to clear all three, so you do one and the other, um, and you get the bonus of colour. So even without the 3D, it's like having Mindstorm in colour. Oh, that'd be and so it's cool. Kind of nice layers. So, um, yeah, 9 out of 10 for that, cause it's such a great game, and now have added colour. I'm imagining this is kind of like um, the Virtual Boy. Is it that kind of effect? Yeah, or, um, you know, Viewmasters with your disc and your yeah. face and you look at pictures of Metal Mickey or Chips or yeah. Alice in Wonderland yeah. or, or Rome. Um, <laughs> yeah, the interesting one, Rome to a kid. Rome, yeah. <laughs> hey, look at Rome, look at the yeah. <laughs> Tower of Pisa. Yeah, great. Yeah, and some bits are on one level. and never. So it, it is like that where you feel like you could stick your finger through the level oh, that's right. raised up and... So it's almost that that sort of feeling to it, and cool. I guess it is. I mean, it's creating a stereo, stereoscopic image, isn't it? It's the same thing. Mm. Those viewmasters show an image that's slightly different to both eyes. That must be so where they got the idea place. from, I suppose. But with moving images as well, and then adding the color, it's a work of genius. Yeah, and the timing. I guess all the yeah, yeah. The clever stuff really then is probably in the timing of the program. Yeah, because if the timing goes off, it just will look like a mess. If you mm. if you've run one of the three D programs without Looking through the image, it looks like a mess. Oh, right. I haven't actually. I'll have to give it a go to see what it looks like. Yeah. Just squint a little bit so I can get it to work. <laughs> you need It needs um, you need a controller in port two and to be pressing a button at a consistent rate because it pulls for the... Oh, I disc. see. The disc has to be spinning at a certain rate and then that spins it up and the game comes on. So you just right. get a blank screen otherwise. Ah, I get it, right. That's quite good that they put it so you can't do it, yeah. Yeah, so but 3D but Mindstorm and that that came bundled in with a 3D image as well, so that oh, was your pack game. Yeah, so that's cool. And the last one uh, of the original ones, that's the best one, uh, 3D Narrow Escape. Yeah. Uh, you're heading down a tunnel with a very convincing 3D effect. You have to shoot enemies and negotiate the scenery that might have gaps and things in. So think as if you're in a first-person Zaxxon. 
Yeah. So it's actually, it's actually possible to line yourself up and go through the small slots. Oh, unlike Zaxxon, yeah. Yeah, without getting angry and smashing your controller. <laughs> um, it's not an ever so long game, but challenging and has a really tough boss. Mm. Uh, so this is the one I put on at Revival when anyone wants to try out the 3D. Uh, I reckon like 7 out of 10 for that. And we're on to the first game. We're doing do it in uh, alphabetical order. And also the first one you're going to have to cover, Chris, because I haven't got a light pen. Oh. This is Animaction. Okay. Yeah, I'm surprised you don't have a light pen because it's we talk later, but it's um, you know a lot of people have done homebrew light pens. I do um, need to make one. They're not that difficult to make, are they? Yeah, they're, they're not hard to make, especially if you know you're used to making this sort of stuff. So it's some fairly simple schematic, little PCB will go inside whatever you make it in. Yeah, um, a lot of people make them using like whiteboard markers, just take out the inky bit so you don't draw all over your screen and um, <laughs> yeah. put the magic inside it. Oh wow! Uh, that's, and um, yeah, so. Um, yeah, the game games for it are alright, and I think some people are doing a few homebrews, like sort of aiming to use it as well. Yeah, um, I've probably got two or three because they've come up over the years and been as in homebrew ones as well. Yeah. different people. So I've recently picked up quite a nice. Um, Ooh, it's to show me a, a lovely little thing there. Oh, it's got so a nice Vectrex logo on it, hasn't it? We'll put a picture yeah. of that on the uh, website. And I don't know if you can see, but. He did two versions, but this has got the buttons. Oh, it's actually got the buttons from the controller on as well. So what you do is normally you have a light pen in port two, controller in port one, and as you're drawing, you use the buttons because some of the programs need you to do hold the buttons to do like different types of drawing, those sort of things. It looks like a magic flute. Yeah. (laughs) That's musical, except with uh, the music game. Yeah. So anim action. It's It's a bit fiddly. Yeah, um, but if you can put up with the interface and spend a little time just to see what's going on, it is actually quite cool. You can really easily add frames, um, copy in the previous ones, make adjustments to then play the animation. Um, the cool thing there is it actually fills in the interstitial frames. Right. So I, I thought creating these frames that you can do from a, it's got like a catalog of pre-existing drawn sprites. Oh, okay. So I a couple of eyes, nose, mouth, and then made the eyes go all. Boggly, I thought it would just flick between the two drawings, but yeah. it actually fills smoothly all oh, the frames right. should be in between the two bits. So that that's quite nicely done. You can define your own sprites to using it as well, along with their their ones. Um, speed it up, slow it down. Um, so I think there's a couple of modes in there. You could you could have a decent amount of fun. Probably good yeah. one to put on with the kids or something as well, or just to. Um, Drawing pictures as well. Do you know what? It, when you say it like this, and you say what it does, it actually sounds really simple, and you know, sort of for little kids or whatever. But take yourself back to 1983. Where could you draw on a computer screen and get output? You yeah. couldn't, could you? Yeah. I mean, I mean, your school maybe in the art department. Ugh, in 1983, it would have cost a fortune of an actual light pen on a computer would have cost a fortune and they wouldn't have had graphic tablets all this sort of stuff so this is it's a very crude thing but it was a first well first we would have ever known at school and that for a fact it may not have been the first that ever did it but it was quite kind of special if you if you're a kid who, who first had a vectrex when you were that age i was 10 9 10 when it came out and you had this it would just have been blowing your world wouldn't it you would have blown yeah your mind no i mean it would be really to do cool. that on a screen what you're drawing on telly yeah, yeah. Look, I'm making my own pictures. It's just it's witchcraft again. 
and probably getting less trouble than when I took the magnet off my Fisher Price crane, which hung at the end of it as one yeah. of its attachments, and worked out I could draw on the family telly. Yeah, you can make pretty um, patterns with colours on the TV. And was, was found doing that, and um, um, yes. you know. Got beaten with an inch suitable, of your life. Suitable seventies punishment. Yes, absolutely. Now, armor attack. This one I have played. Um, armor attack is an arcade conversion of the nineteen eighty Cinematronics game, which I've played. I like it. You control a little jeep in a maze. Um, it's supposed to be a knackered town, isn't it? A knackered village. It is, yeah, knackered. And uh, you're battling that with tanks and a chopper that shows up now and again. Now, the arcade game relied on overlays to guide you around the maze, and the Vectrex actually prints out the maze walls on the screen. And the overlays, it's the overlay just to add some colour, has it got the bits on it as well? It's got the drawings on, so they are in-game graphics as well, although one of the three modes turns them off. Right, so you could actually which play... Which makes it impossible. You, yeah, so you couldn't, if you couldn't be bothered, like me, lazy, mm. to put the overlay on, you could play it without it. So that's quite, yeah. quite a good little um, option, actually. Yeah. So, um, oh, actually, the manual says it's a bombed-out city, not a knackered village, like Mr. Holly was brought up in. <laughs> uh, so I thought you do need a bit of imagination to play some Vectrex games, but um, it's quite a simple combat-style game if you've not played it before, and it can be a lot more fun with playing with another player on the same screen. So you actually play together and, and you know beat your the choppers and stuff. Yeah, it's cooperative. I think this is a good, faithful version of the arcade version, because the arcade version is quite a simple game as well. I reckon yep. 7 out of 10 for this one? Yeah, at least. Um, I did have a comment for this one as well. I'll chip in on the ones where either I completely disagree or there's anything to add. Yeah. Um, so, I, yeah, I really love this game. Uh, with a lot of these non-Atari arcade vector games, I'd actually never heard of it until I got a Vectrex. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really solid single player, although there's, there's a spot you can camp in where you can't be shot. Right. You can rack up. That's a feature, that is. That's a feature. Yeah. Oh, I found it one time, and you just sit there shooting tanks and helicopters and rack it up extra lives and stuff. Yeah. Um, But it's a superb two player game. I played a lot with Luis when he was little. Mm. You know, both controlling the Jeeps. If if one of you dies and loses a life, the other person's still going. Yeah. Um, The little Bob Ditty, I think, might be my favourite of all of the ones. Right. on, On the original games. Um, and there aren't, there's some, but it's, you know, there aren't that many, well, there aren't that many original games for the Vectrex anyway, and this is one of the ones that's two-player simultaneous, which is, is really nice. Um, there's a bug in the two-player where if you drive over where the, if the other player's died and you drive over where they used to be, you can't yeah. see them anymore, you also die. Oh, right. So that's because nice, it's, nice it's on fire. Fix that. That's because it's on fire. Invisible fire. It's a feature yeah. again, isn't it? <laughs> again. So I'd bump this to 8 out of 10, but um, okay. yeah, it'd be great if someone uh, fixed that original code. I wonder if the arcade version has got a similar camping spot, because I know for a fact the person who who get who got the world record played it for like 52 hours straight. Jesus. And he was just playing it for, like for ages. But they, surely they, they wouldn't allow that in Twin Galaxies or whatever. Presumably not, no. Playing that, you just that walk long. away, wouldn't you? Yeah, 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 yeah good game. Uh, another one for you, Chris Artmaster. Oh, Artmaster, uh, another. This was the packing game with the light hand, so they were good at putting packing games. You know, yeah, Mindstorm, Mindstorm 3D when you bought 3D images, so it was obviously a bit of a business decision there. They decided so you get that art, you get the light pen, you get Artmaster with it. Mm. So there's a sketch mode where you can free draw, and in that, you can. 
swish around and it draw it more or less follows you imagine if you're signing your signature on something uh, yeah. when you sign for a parcel and it doesn't really track oh yeah, yeah. what you draw so yeah. it's a bit like that it's sort of a line here and there as it goes along but yeah. that sort of free drawing um another button this is where you're holding the different buttons down this is on sketch mode another yeah. button you just draw a straight line so you move around there just consecutive properly straight lines on purpose yeah and then uh, one does lines coming out of a central spot it sort of creates a sunrise effect then another mode to animate, it's a lot simpler than animation. So I think if you want to do your animations, animation's worth getting. Yeah. But it lets you do some basic animation. Again, it's quite nice. It's just what you draw, though, rather than having these preset uh, sprites and things you can do. And a connect the dots game where, as you draw, it only creates dots. Then you press a button that lines them all up. So I guess it's make your own dot-to-dot and have the backtrack solve All right, it. that's quite a good little thing. Literally seconds of fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, again, a little fiddly the interface. Uh, you could could have some fun with it for a packing thing. Yeah, I mean, you draw your own pictures, probably write your name on the screen and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. And as you say, back in back in those days, would have been pretty amazing. So yeah, probably like five out of ten. Um, yeah. I'd give it this. Um, the thing I'm wondering about this, I haven't actually looked into this this game as it were. Did you get quite a hefty manual with this one telling you how to do things? Because they wouldn't have had the, the instructions on the screen because there's not really enough room on the screen to do it. The so And, and there's no overlay. Like you'd normally on the overlay, right. it shows you what the four buttons do and that saves you draw on the screen. So yes. it did actually have the four words for the what each button does at the bottom of the screen in graphics. Oh, I see. Oh, that's pretty yeah. good then. So I think the overhead here is it's drawing a lot and you get quite a lot of, obviously it starts flickering when you get a lot drawn on the screen, but it's not really yeah. processing any game logic. So yeah. at least just you, know, you, could, stuff. So you get more vectors than you might think on screen compared to other games. Yeah, because it's obviously um, limited yeah. with that, that simple processor, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, but it's not, you know, it's not trying to work out what ships are flying where or anything. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bedlam. I played this one. I never played it before properly. It's kind of like Tempest, but your ship is in the centre with a liney shape around you. It's like a sort of pointy shape. Stars and things like that. And the enemies come at you from the corners of the shape level you're in, and you have a standard laser fire and also a smart bomb that emanates out of you and kills everything it touches on the way out. You also have a fast rotate button. For when the aliens come from both sides, you need to twisty turn fast to blast them. The spinner hack I played, um, there's a spinner hack of this, rather than using the joystick, it doesn't really work that well as it inches you around in little increments rather than a smooth movement that the joystick does. Mm. Which I found I found it easy with that, but maybe I got a rubbish hack. Maybe there's a different one now. Yeah, I'm not sure. So I haven't tried the hack on it, but I'm play it, playing it again to remind myself. I was thinking it's absolutely suited to a spinner. You know, yeah, um, you know, because it gets hectic really fast, and holding the button to spin faster or slower is a bit. Yeah, takes yeah. some getting used to. I think if if I could do, you know, have an analog spinner, and like in Tempest, sometimes at later levels, you know, you need to be able to really spin With fast and get used to stopping exactly where you need to, and that's that's sort yeah. of the skill. It would really suit it. Yeah, you've just reminded me of something we'll talk about when we talk about the hardware and stuff as well, because there are spinners available, uh, aftermarket ones for, for the for the Vectrex. There wasn't one at the time, unfortunately. 
after the first number of waves and you moved on to level two, the sta- shapes start to close in on you as well. So the, the aliens are coming closer to you and you've got to shoot them to push them out again. And it does seem like a really smart little game. And I need to play this more. And as you say, with a proper weighted spinner, which is hopefully on the on the, the cards for the future, mm. it would work really nice. Because at the moment, the spinners we've got are actually um, the dial thing. It's a rotary encoder, isn't it? So it's, it's, sort of, it's like specific. Is it, I don't know how many positions, but it's like yeah, enough yeah. to make it feel like it's spinning, but it's not like an analog. Yeah, of. it doesn't. It doesn't spin freely. It, it sort of clicks into position every every time yeah. you move it slightly. It clicks. So yeah. on the spinner hack to this, it only moves you in little sort of movements, like degrees. It's not a smooth movement like you would expect from like Tempest or something. But it's it's okay. But the, even with the joystick, it's a great little shoe. I reckon seven out of ten it on is. that one. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I know. Good, good high score competition because it's nails, but you can. Yeah. You definitely get better at it with practice. Yeah. Now, Stone Cold Classic, Berserk. This is straight from the arcade, uh, best place for games, obviously. Uh, a simple run around a maze, blasting robots. If you've never played Berserk, you've been living in a cave anyway. Uh, everything in the game, as in the arcade version, kills you. Maze walls kill you, robots kill you, robot shots kill you, even their explosions kill you. Take too long, an evil Otto, the deadly invincible bouncing ball, guess what he'll come and do? He'll kill you. You can even use um, Otto to kill off the robots, which is a great tactic in the arcade. If you've got one left over and you can't get to it and Otto's come out, you can let Otto kill him for you and you get the bonus for it. So that's exactly the same as the arcade. You fire a lot more bullets and, and quicker than the arcade version. And you can sort of forgive the speed of everything else. It sort of slows down a bit, the game, um, because there is quite a lot going on the screen. You've got the maze, the number of robots, sometimes Otto, yourself, and the bullets. There's loads going on the screen. And it's one of my favourites, and it's one of the games I had original of back in the day. Eight out of ten for me. Good game. Yep, really decent conversion. Um, I don't know if you've seen it. Uh, Malban guy did Carl Crap and Vi Vide, the... ID and uh, tons of other... Yeah, um, he's a very talented programmer, really, isn't he? Yeah, really clever guy on Vector stuff. So he's been working on... Other people have done hacks before. Someone had put speech in. Oh, right. Got Vectrox, um add-on. Um, but he's done... Uh, is it, what was it called? Berserk Ultimate Edition. Oh, right. I've not seen Ultimate or heard version. this. Yeah. Is it so, a ROM or can you buy it? Just a ROM. Oh, so, I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. Yeah, it's on his site. He's released versions as he's developed it. It's just about, you know, if anyone can be testing it, if he doesn't, yeah, it's at a point now where unless he hears anything else, he will just it's good. make it final. He puts it into the Vide uh, uh, releases, so you've got it in there. It's just, you know. Um, but on, honestly, as good as the original is, as soon as you played this, you can't play the original. Oh, really? Is that good? Yeah. yeah. Can't go so back. Can't go back. Really speed though, it runs in 50 hertz solid almost all the time. Yeah. So he's completely sped it up, fixed loads of bugs. Wow. Um, he's corrected the number of shots the player can fire because it was too many compared to the arcade. Oh, yeah, player, that really adds to it, wouldn't it? Yeah, player can now shoot robot bullets. You could do it in the arcade, yeah, because you can get them on the yeah. diagonal if you're lucky. So anything, yeah, fixes with the walls, um, loads of bugs, loads of enhancements. So I've put a link there. Yeah, put that on the it's, website. Yeah, because the latest post about Berserk is the one for the latest bin, but it's worth reading his earlier blog posts on where because he describes in those a bit more, right. everything is fixed, and it's just, you know, 
change of things and improvements. Yeah. Um, it's superb. So if you, yeah, with the speech running as well, it's just ace. Yeah. Um, how much is a Vecvox to buy? Is that, is that the Atari vo- voice thing? It is now, yeah. So it's Atari Vox, it's called now. Um, there was a version, Vec, it was called Vecvox slash Vecvoice. Yeah. And you could choose the mode. Um, I think mine's a Madtronics one, so it has a speaker built in as well. Oh, wow. So it's a separate yeah. unit altogether. Oh, wow, it's a box. It's actually a box of tricks, isn't it? Yeah, so you put in port two. Yeah. And um, you can... If you now if you bought the Atari Vox now, which you can get on Atari Age, yeah, it works with Atari and with the Vectrex. Ooh, so it does the same thing, but it doesn't have an integral speaker, so you you route it through to your yeah. whatever speakers you use it. it. Would be the only difference, but it's really cool. This sounds this sounds Ace is proper like roboty. Yeah, that's exactly uh, what you need for Berserk, though, isn't it? Exactly. So cool. Uh, yeah, it is really really nicely done. So. It make, just makes it ace. So I think once it's the final version, definitely want to add burnt to a PCB, make a cartridge. Yeah, make a box for it and everything. Make a box. That'd be really cool. Yeah, so you, you reckon 10 out of 10 for the ultimate one? I think so. I really want to go and play that now because I didn't know about this. I mean, there's so, so much on the Vectrex. Yeah, let's just go. Let's go now and leave it. Sorry, <laughs> listeners. Bye. Now, the next one um, it's called Blitz uh, American Football. I haven't got a clue how to play American football. Question mark out of 10. I've no idea. Can you tell me if it's any good or not? Because you probably know how to play it more than I do. Yeah, I do. So I'm not an American football fan. Uh, you know, I knew roughly what, what they're doing. Trying to get they forward, wear helmets. touchdowns. Got helmets. <laughs> they nice have shiny helmets. helmets. And there's big and shoulder pads. Like 80s ladies from Dynasty yep. and stuff. Yeah, and for each time, each play you do, you have to make up a sort of certain amount of plays. You have to get so far up the field, and if you don't, it turns around the other team get a go to come back at you. Right. So, yeah, I had a rough-ish idea. I played this tons as a single-player game when I got my Vectrex. Right. All the games, I was playing it loads. There's something really nicely addictive about it and nice mechanic, because when – you know, forget that you don't know what actually you choose. You're there choosing what play, and it changes the the layout of your players, your squares. Actually, the other players are crosses. Yeah. Um, you press the button that goes to your quarterback, and you can move around. So you're this square moving around with the ball, yeah. dodging the other players, whilst all your other players start running up the screen. Yeah. You could make quite a simple pass. And you know, eventually you'd score. But what I do, you try and survive as it's sort of a game of dodge them not getting tagged by the other players whilst you wait for the your other people to get as high up the screen, then throw the ball, and it's got like an aftertouch. So once you've thrown the ball, you can also steer it. Oh, so right, it's almost okay. like a steerable missile, yeah. and there's quite a knack to steering that around the defending opposition and getting it to your guy who's run up a screen. And that is a touchdown. Once you get right up the screen, yeah, to the I, top. I know this. I know down. one thing about American football. How cool <laughs> you know is that? Yeah. And it, so just those mechanics actually is weirdly addictive, nice to play, um, and quite compelling. Um, but at the end of the game, it gives you a ton of stats as well. So it tells you how what your total cumulative passing was, what your longest single pass was. Oh, right. And so that really added it to it for me. Was this a game um, that was released in the UK as well? It was, yeah. I've got it on... Um, yeah, so it's a UK release, which seems odd, but... Yeah, because when I was a kid, I, I sort of... You know, we used to like Americana, 
all things American, you know, American uh, music and, and what was going on in films and sport and all this sort of stuff. And we used to sort of play American football in, in like the playground or on a field or whatever. We used to sort of roll up a set a pair of gloves and throw it to each yeah. other. Just we used to just pretend to do touchdowns. That's all we knew about. We didn't know about any of the rules or anything about yeah. it. And I presume this is like Atari football in the arcade, the black and white X or X's and O's yeah. they used to call it, because I think one player yeah. was X and one was zero. Well, this is X's and squares. So. Yeah, so it's a similar kind of game. Because, yeah. I mean, Mattel did um, that LED game, didn't they? Which yeah. is the similar kind of thing. So I presume if it works on there, it's going to work even better on a Vectrex. It does. I think the aftertouch is the sort of killer thing for it and the stats at the end, because it gives you a ton of, um, like, as not a high score, so you're going for this your highest score ever. But I was looking like, just how much could you push it, waiting to throw it, dodging around these oncoming players mm-hmm. to then throw it to steer it around this complicated route to to sort of land it at the other end. You could completely forget it was meant to be American football and it's just a dodgy throwing steering missile game mm-hmm. um, with, with stats at the end to tell you what happened. So I would say anyone give it a go. Yeah. Um, Six out of ten because the, the graphics are so basic, but the gameplay is weirdly really addictive. Oh, I liked wow. it a lot. Oh, cool! I might, right. It might be the one I played the most. Really, that yeah. is really a, that's really weird because I mean, yeah, because we weren't kids when we played these for the first time. We sort of adults who think, right, I'm going to get into this. You know, it's supposed to be quite good. I'm going to get into yeah. it, and you actually read up and play it. Oh, that's why. But as a kid, I wouldn't have given this a second thought. I'd have walked out of my mate's house if we had one. Kind of, yeah, can't have sold well. No, not in the UK, especially back then. Maybe, maybe football or you know rugby or something like that, but not not American football. You sort of no. did back then we didn't know about it. Clean sweep. It's on alter- alternative title, Mister Boston, which is a very rare special edition. I should tell you about in a minute. Um, it's an obvious Pac-Man clone, uh, but with a unique twist. The story tells you from the manual that you're a bank manager. <laughs> How interesting is that, being a bank manager? <laughs> but robbers have blown the safe in your bank. Money is everywhere. You take charge of a vacuum cleaner, no, really, to hoover up all the money. Your vacuum gets larger the more cash you suck up. Obviously, the bag can't take all the money until you can't get any more in. Then you must deposit the cash in the vault in the centre of the screen, where the pursuing robbers can't get you. But just like in Pac-Man, you can turn the tables on the burglars by visiting a corner room. You could actually go into it and come out again. You get energised enough to eat the robbers with your hoover, which is weird, and remove them for a short time. It's a great little maze game, which also has been converted to run on Galaxian hardware in the arcade by the genius Mike Coates, known as Macro on UK VAC. He's done a really good version of this. It's actually quite smart. Um, but this game is is... I really like it. It's one of my favourites on, on the Vectrex, and it's interesting that it's an original title as well. I would give this 8 out of 10. Mr. Boston, which I've got a ROM of, it's freely available as a ROM, was a version was given out by Mr. Boston, was it a liquor company in America? Yeah. yeah. They gave it out just to their employees. I'm not sure if it was boxed. Um, yeah, it was. It was. It was a full-on... Yeah. It's fully that, boxed. The yeah. old, trying to think... Uh, need to see for sure, but I think the overlay might have been the same. The box was modified with a sticker, probably, or, or printed separately. Yeah, I'd 
possibly uh, obviously don't have one of these it's um it's megabucks isn't it thousands and thousands yeah, yeah. You can find one. but the only difference in the actual game because i've played the rom version of it is you play a hat like a, a yeah. top hat top is hat. it yeah it's top hat because the mr boston guy was a um their logo was a guy in a big hat a bit like the kfc man i think but with a top hat <laughs> right and i think it, it advertises Chicken. their drinks on it or something as well like drink mr boston brandy or something yeah and it, probably when it comes up yeah yeah how weird, how weird is that that a company like that paid that kind of money it must have been quite a lot of money as well to be a limited run of a game to make all the bits up for it and everything for yeah. a console which was sort of popular back then but was it that popular where your employees would have one I don't no. know it's a weird thing but yeah yeah that is worth thousands and thousands that game which is really bizarre yeah yeah, well, the ROMs out there, so you can you can actually play it. Yeah, yeah, enjoy it. Uh, Cosmic Chasm, or as normal people say, Cosmic Chasm. Yeah. I'd never played this one before, and I had to read the manual to work out what to do on it. You travel through underground mazes to find the central core of the alien planet. Use your joystick to rotate left and right. Uh, you shoot planet protectors, the baddies, with button 4. You should shield with button 2 and thrust along with button 3. When you want to exit a screen through the force field, you need to hold your drill button down, which is button 1, and go slowly through the force field. Navigate along these levels in the map sort of screen to find the core, and when you're there, you need to pull back on the joystick to leave a bomb. You now only have 15 seconds to get out of there. It's quite an involved little game, which I will be playing more. I quite like this one. Now I actually know how to play it properly. And also a four-button game in 1982. How weird would that have been? Yeah, you actually, use all four buttons. I reckon seven out of ten for this one. I'm going to get into this one a bit more because it does seem quite good. It is, and I think, like you said at the start of the podcast, some of these with the instruction manual. Yeah, you really need to. You can bounce off this quite quickly. I think because you go, "What the hell's going on?" I did. You, I mean, you know, that's why I never yeah. played it before. Yeah, I don't, it'd be. Whilst it's not complicated, I don't think it's one you'd really work out what was going on without the manual. This, these kind of games kind of remind me of some television games. If you haven't got the little overlays over the pad and you haven't read the instructions, some, some of the Tron games are just bizarre. Yeah, and when Dungeons you learn how to play them, they can, yeah, and they can be quite involved. If you're sort of a nerdy kid, which I was, and sit down with sort of you know a map and instructions and these buttons, I think you'd probably quite get into it. But, you know... Being an idiot like I am, just I want to shoot stuff, jump over it, yeah. or run away from it, or whatever. So yeah, yeah. So f- fun fact on that: uh, the first game for a home console to be converted to the arcade rather than the other way around. Yes, I knew so there this, was one, this, and I wasn't yeah. sure which one it was, and it was this one. So it's Vectrex first. Wow, yeah, it's cool, isn't it? Hmm. This is another good one: uh, Fortress of Narzod. Another one I never played before until now. You are a good wizard on a on a hovercraft on a hovercraft. Apparently, not not the kind of one that goes to the Isle of Wight. I don't think. No. Uh, you play uh, an area on the screen. It's a winding road flanked with walls up to a fortress in the distance. Evil enemies come out the door to get you. Some fire, some don't. The twist of this game is that your shots ricochet off the solid objects, the road walls, and the fortress itself. If you think of the walls in the arcade game Frenzy, and you can do some fancy shooting to kill the monsters, but you can also shoot yourself, Dole. Yeah, I did that a lot. I did that a lot. When I first started, I was like, oh, what's going on? And I realised, ah, they're bouncy. Yeah. Fair enough. 
There are three levels to this before you enter the fortress itself and take on the protector of the evil wizard, Nazod, the Mystic Hurler. Ah, <laughs> the Mystic Hurler, he's a bad guy. I haven't actually got to the Mystic Hurler yet, but I do intend to. It's another missed game from a few decades because I've never bothered to find out how to play the game, which is shame on me. Six out of ten now... But I think yeah, later yeah. on I will add to that because I haven't got to the I haven't got through the levels yet. I've only had a quick go yeah. of it. But I think it's going to be an eight or a nine for me. This one it does look quite good. Yeah, this I'm a big fan of. This is the one I probably played uh, the most out of all of them, other than Blitz. Um, and you know, really cool. Especially it's, a, it's an original game, so it's not an arcade conversion. Yeah, don't think it was on in, on any other systems. But I think someone's in recent years has has actually converted it to the C64. Oh, right. That's I'd cool. I need to check for sure. Um, yeah, I really did get into it. I completed it. Uh, bouncing uh, bullet mechanic works really nicely. I put this up. I was going to say at least, to say I reckon 8 out of 10 for me because the graphics, I reckon, are really good. Yeah. It's a really nice game. You're not just rooted to the bottom either. You can go up and down, can't you? you can yeah, move you can move around to a, that's about a third of the bottom of it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's quite tactical working out where to bounce the bullets where to move and where not to be um, it's quite satisfying yeah. shooting a, 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 an enemy behind it so if you bounce your bullet around and get it from behind it's quite satisfying yeah, doing yeah, that very. yeah i really like the game yeah another one i'm not too worried about this this is heads up or alternative <laughs> title soccer football and i'm not a football fan at all I don't care. One out of ten. Chris, uh, you're the expert. Tell me about this. Uh, that, yeah, I mean, everyone knows Kickoff 2 1 Meg Edition on the Amiga is the only football game you actually need anyway, so I don't I care have, too have much about this. I have heard of yeah. it. Yeah, it, this isn't. This really isn't great. It's, uh, it's clunky, uh, makes no use of the analog stick for different angles where that would have been a plus for this, you know, it would have been something nice. The angles are quite weird as well, so... Right, is that just a vertical game? When you should yeah, really be playing on a horizontal? The angles that are chosen, I don't know, the passes just went awry, shots just went wide, so oh, they're right. really, really um, obtuse angles. There's no aftertouch, which again, the, like they had in Blitz, that could have been quite nice as well. Yeah. So if you use the analogue, had all different angles aftertouch, would have made it a little bit fun. Yeah. Uh, other bits that are clunky, like they do a throw in, you can't, the opposition's got a throw in, you can't be moving your player so oh. to try and go and intercept anything. So they just get the throw and you, you regain control once the ball's back at the feet of the player. Um, that is weird, isn't it? Yeah. Hmm. Player sprites are decent. I'd be quite happy if I'd drawn the little men they have in there for, for a game of mine. Yeah. Centre circle actually looks circular. It's it's made up of separate bits, so it's not doing curves, but, it, it, you know, I'm struggling here for good things. Don't do yeah. good things. Yeah. The, the centre circle is somewhat circular. Because the thing, I think when we had you on the podcast before, you said about drawing circles is especially difficult on a Vectrex because it's lines, isn't it? Straight lines, and it's mathematics to work it out. Yeah, a lot, quite a few people have done curves. I haven't. Um, I think that's probably my uh, description of it is that it's still magic. Yeah, absolutely um, magic circles, yeah. But yeah, I mean, if, if you... I think in look, looking it up, there was a there is actually a BIOS routine that's related to drawing curves as well. Oh, that's what I they know, used Malban, in this. again, did a bit of... Maybe or it might just be there's enough separate small lines at different angles that it's yeah. to look like a circle, but it isn't. 
whereas you can actually draw curves. Yeah, because um, the CNC machines I use at work, when we do a circular move, it is actually lots of little lines. Yeah. So you know, you don't notice it because it's so many little lines, so many tiny bits of angle. I, I thought that this being a similar game, I suppose, to American football, Blitz, I thought it would be actually, if you know, you, you sort of raved about Blitz. I thought this would be almost as good, but it sounds terrible. Yeah. Well, mate, yeah, it, it is terrible, actually. Yeah, not, I, not good. I don't think uh, one out of ten, I think I put, yeah, one out of ten. Yeah, um, yeah if they'd gone for a top-down vertical up screen, like a really early version of Sensi Soccer or Kickoff before they ever got invented, yeah, they'd have been on to something. I think it'd be quite nice to have a reasonable, yeah. maybe top-down five-a-side footy game. Even if, even if you just um, you could pass the ball in sort of up-down, left-right and diagonals, but yeah. as you say with the analog, you have got more scope of angles to do, and it would sort yeah. of make the game more interesting if you could pass it at a certain angle to a certain player, you know, by moving your, your analog joystick in exactly the right place. It'd be quite a yep. skill getting it like that. Yeah, that's a bit of a shame, that. Definitely room for someone to make a the game. Yeah. Uh, Hyperchase Auto Race. Now, I tried to play this with a digital stick. Crash, crash, bang, wallop, crash, more crashing. This is the first of a very few games on the on the Vectrex that actually needs the analog stick and all four buttons. It's actually a nice racer because I'm not keen on um, the sprite scaler racers like Outruns and all that. So I know you are, yeah, and, and some of the more modern ones. Go. Yes, but I like the simple racing games like um, Atari Sprint and you know some yeah. of the sort of just moving, basically just moving around. It's it uses it's got an excellent use of vectors to move around the roads and make you think the roads are actually more are actually not straight. It sort of moves yeah. around in a way where you think they're not straight. You have analog steering, which is the, the crux of this game. You do need it. Accelerate, brake, and up and down through the four gears. It works well, but still quite twitchy on the old steering. I think if you had like a little steering wheel, a little sort of analog steering wheel, yeah. make it a bit better, make it a bit smoother. I'm, I kind of like it, but I'm not really a driving fan at all. It's a clever-looking game. I've given it a 5, maybe a 6 out of 10 for this one. Yeah, I'd go 6 or 7. It's super fast, smooth, quite nice graphics. Mm. It's real twitch play. You've got the four buttons that it uses for the four gears, so if you're in the top speed, yeah. um, you can get used to it. I've used it with a spinner because it's analog. It, it doesn't need a hack version. Um, yeah. Works nicely. Um, all right. So that's, that's pretty good. I know from a... I've never got really, really good at it, but from a high school competition, I think there were people who could pretty much go through it in fourth gear, dodging everything without a crash or very nearly without a crash. Really? I couldn't do that. Because there's a distance you go in a certain time or there's yeah, there's a score that builds up on how fast you're going for an amount of distance. I thought it was infinite, but I don't think it is infinite. So right. there's a score you get when you finish, and there are people who have weirdly done you know their brains move all, in another dimension yeah, almost perfect scores on it so wow. you, you can get used to it when i picked mine up it was the guy to demonstrate it put this on and and he said you know look it still goes it's really fast console it's like your modern computers it's not slow <laughs> yeah. as if I, as if he needed to do any sales spiel on me exactly so, yeah, yeah for, like, for that for that oh, money yeah, have your heart have your arm back yeah absolutely all right, this is another one I, I didn't really have much of joy with because I've got the hardware. This is Melody Master, and it requires a light pen again. Yeah, um, I have too much joy of it because I'm a bit tone deaf. Um, I've not 
spent too much time on it. Uh, two game modes, uh, I think, like the earlier light pen games, uh, there's a bit of variation. Yeah. Um, on, so I was trying out again. I hadn't remembered those like the game modes. I knew you could. Um, you got uh, I've forgotten all the technical uh, musical terms or something. You got the lines. And Note, notes, notes and on. staves and stuff and that. Yeah. So you put you can put your notes in different places across three channels. Two can two of the channels can be a piano or a flute. Um, the other one is a percussion one which you can have a snare or cymbal so i guess like any tracker you can build up a song with those and then play it adjust the speed um i I guess it it'd be quite quite uh clunky to do you could do it i did a quick search on youtube to see if anyone had done it and posted it one person had i wouldn't go searching it's not good Um, so i suppose if you had some sheet music could you actually copy out the sheet music onto it and play a tune Yeah. All right. You drag the notes around. You pick the instrument. You can have a play. I would say be worth having a play. It's just not really, not for me. The other side. So there's then you can play game. Um, on one on the on the music lines to use the technical term, it it shows you a note going across and plays it, and then a keyboard comes up with maybe a couple of octaves worth of the keys, and the you know on a piano, so you've got this yeah. uh, um, white and black keys, although they're all black. Um, and then you need to you need to click the key for the note you just saw and heard. Oh right. Which again you can have a bit of fun with. And then the other game mode is actually it doesn't show you it the note on the lines or anything. It just plays you the note. Oh, so you're actually like playing by, a proper keyboard. Then by ear you need to pick on the. Oh, keyboard. no, I couldn't. No, you just heard. No chance. Yeah. I, I thought when you said there was a game on it, I thought it'd be like a Merlin game. No, that would be all right. It plays, a, yeah. you've got memory, and you know you press the four buttons on the Merlin. Yeah, that'd be quite nice with the light pen to pick the segment. Yeah, yeah, it'd be perfect for a light pen. Actually, I, I didn't play it long enough to realise, once I got uh, once I, I got the right note first, once I did sell it the note that it played, it then played that one again and another as if it was the second in the sequence. So maybe it is a bit like a Simon game. Ah, oh, right. So, yeah, what, it, did I call it Merlin? It was uh, Simon, wasn't it? Simon, yeah. Simon, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Simon, yeah, he was the sorcerer as well. Yeah, that's the guy. So this is the the absolute killer app for this machine. Built in, Mindstorm. Yeah, we had we touched on it earlier. It's a solid fast asteroids clone with the inertia without the inertia, which I quite like, when thrusting through space. The asteroids, which I suppose are mines, appear at the starfield and float around. They're actually delivered by a spaceship onto your screen. Um, different mines turn up and chase at you. They fire at you. Uh, near at the end of the level, a spaceship appears. And if you manage to shoot it before it flies away, you get a bonus. I think if you don't, it drops more mines. Yes, yeah, it does. It'll keep coming up. I've never let it drop any more mines, so I didn't know about that. Uh, early version of this game suffered with a level 13 bug where it crashes after you finish level 13. Later versions were made to get around this bug, but it is reported the game also ends at level 89. I don't know what level Mr. Holly can get to, but I have seen him get over a million points on this. I've actually sat with him talking to him while he's got over a million points. And I think in the past he's done two million. He's, yeah, really, I mean, he's a demon at this game. He's really he, good at he it. He can play it endlessly, can't he? He yeah. just walks away eventually. I've never seen him like run out of lives. Yeah, he can just play endlessly. So I'm not sure... What ver- was it? Early versions of Vectrex that had it built in. It was uh, the, the error. Yeah, I think US only. It's been oh. fixed by the time it came here. I don't. I don't know of any UK MB ones that had the issue, or or anyone 
getting a you know a Mindstorm two bug fix version issued by MB. Yeah. I think it was done and dusted before it came. Because I've got my second one I bought. I think the the serial number of the Mac is in the hundreds. It's quite an early one. Yes, but I can't even get to level thirteen, so I don't know. So get Holly to test it. Yeah. I will when he comes around. I'll have to get him on it actually. Every console back in the day, even nowadays, should have a good game built in. Uh, especially if mum and dad forgot to buy you a game cart with the system, because they would have been expensive as well. I give this 9 out of 10, because it's a really, really solid game, because it's actually built into it even better. Yeah, yeah. For a built-in game, it's no right to be this good. Yeah, I know. I know it should be simple and rubbish, but it's actually really... This would have just kept me going at Christmas until like February before I said, Mum, can I have a game for it? No, you've already got one. (laughs) That's all you get. Okay. Talking about Mindstorm, uh, Mindstorm 2 was actually a cartridge version that they sent out. If you you had to moan at GCE in America to get one, yeah. and they'd yeah. send you actual cartridge, did it have a box and an overlay and all that sort of gear as well? No, so it's, it's um, just a cart. cart so, but obviously there are no Mindstorm carts. So if you've got a Mindstorm cart that isn't mind, 3D Mindstorm, then it's a Mindstorm 2. Yes. And it's worth quite a lot. Yeah. How, how much do you reckon they are? Five or 600 now. Wow. I think, I think like, they, and they've stopped seeming to turn up. They used to be around sort of every so often. You'd see them come up. I think maybe one one hundred fifty or something. So not crazy. It seemed expensive. I never picked picked one up. Was never too bothered. And by the yeah. time I did, thought someone had one, I was like, oh, well, would you take this for it? And they goes, and they told me what they're sort of going for. I was like, oh, I'll like, see them. I'll leave so, them. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, but we didn't have that bug, I don't So they didn't have to release it in the UK then? I don't think so. I think it was fixed. Yeah. Wow. Does it actually say Mindstorm 2 when you play the game, or is it just Mindstorm? Just Mindstorm. Oh, right. It's just fixed. I think right. so. Let's see, there's a ROM, isn't there? I think there was I a ROM of it, yeah. I need to check for sure. I might, I might be talking out of my ears. But, but you, um, wouldn't even, you wouldn't know, would you? wouldn't know the no, difference. The, I think the intention was just to, to fix it rather than to say it was. Yeah. I suppose if you wanted to fix it properly... Could you actually re-blow the Vectrex BIOS if you had that sort of hardware back then? I don't know. I don't know. Because obviously the game is, is inbuilt in the machine somewhere on a, on a chip. Yeah, it's in there. So the first, however much of the memory space has the BIOS on it and, yeah. you know, and the, all the ROM space, which includes um, Mindstorm, yeah. which is why... I mean, obviously, then the Mindstorm graphics are somewhere in there. They're at a memory space. So I know on a couple of people have done it, but on Malban's next game that's coming up, Vector Blade, on yeah. one of the levels, he's used the sprites from the graphics from Mindstorm. Oh, right. Because, you know, you're running out of space to fit on your cartridge um, and you need some more graphics. They're already there. As long as you just know which memory space they're at. You can pinch them. In the ROM, you can go and point to it and take them, yeah. Oh, right. That's really clever. Because yeah. there was some talk a little while ago on one of the for, uh, not forums on one of the, on the Facebook groups about people changing the game in in right. the BIOS, so you can actually have a yeah. different game in there. But what would you want to? The Vectrex is Mindstorm. It screams Mindstorm at you, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure there's there'll be there's always a way to do it. I think you know certain checks and things it does. It's why when you create your own game, you can't you have to have. G- copyright GCE and certain text oh, right. in your program, but it just won't run. 
Oh, is so it that a security thing? Yeah, so you, some things you can't change, or it's doing some some sort of check to make sure it's there. Oh, I didn't so realise that. There would that be well. a way, but I don't know if it's as simple as rewriting it because it might expect, yeah, you know, Mindstorm to be exactly as it is and exactly where it is. Ah, that's clever. But that's clever Ooh, people. I almost went proper Dorset on. Oh, that's clever. <laughs> the next one is Polar Rescue. This reminds me of an underwater battle zone. Actually, probably more like an underwater Red Baron from Atari. Right, yeah. Um, the joystick moves your sub left and right, dive and submerge up and down. Uh, button one is simply pause, which is quite good. Uh, two, move your move you forward into the screen. Three, reverse back out the screen. And button four is your torpedo. Seek out subs and avoid mines in big chunks of ice. You can even run into under, underwater maelstroms. Just hold on to your periscope and let these pass. I couldn't quite get the hang of the controls and was quite crap at it, so I'm only giving it 3 out of 10, but mainly for me, not being very good at it, actually. Yeah. And you mentioned Yeah, it is nice. It's one of the later ones as well, one of the US-only right. games, one of the three. You know, other, other than the light pen and 3D ones, there were the three games that were... Uh, pole, this one, Polar Rescue, Pole Position, and Star Castle were US-only. Oh, really? Pole uh, Position never, was US-only? Yeah, so they never made it over here, what so they were more expensive. Yeah. Um, when you mentioned that, I hadn't remembered that it's got a pause button, which I don't know if that's unique to this. It might be because it's the last game and they suddenly realised at that point it'd be quite nice if you could pause these games. Yeah. Um, so that's that's a nice feature. You get on a lot of homebrews, but not on not on the early ones. Yeah. I'd give it more. Again, I haven't got really good at it. I think it's quite felt like quite an ambitious game for compared to some of the original ones. Mm. It is hard to get into. And like well, we haven't really covered the costs of the other games. I think there's sort of quite general statements you can make about the original UK ones. Of, yeah. the, of the three of these US ones, I think this is the most expensive. I think a north of 140 quid for a nicely boxed Polar Rescue, really? and a north of 100 for the any of the other that are US only. What even Pole Position? Yeah, for some reason, you know, Star Castle position, as well. Yeah, Pole Position. As we were kids, were everywhere, weren't they? You could get it a Atari 8-bit cartridge quite easily. Yeah, it's on. You get it on the VCS. It was on all the computers. It was everywhere. You know, you even had the arcade versions over here as well. And yeah. I thought Pole Position, for some reason, I thought it was a common game in the UK. I didn't realise it was a US one. Yeah, US only. So wow. it's, it's hard to come by and will we'll cost a bit. I did not know that. Oh. I, did, I really didn't know that. Yeah. And talking about Pole Position... Position the next game. This is a classic Namco arcade game. You must have been living in a cave if you haven't played it. Brought to you via the power of thin lines. Seems quite sparse graphically compared to the full colour raster game, but hey ho. You can play this quality racer with a digital joystick quite easily. Buttons one and two for your gears, and either three or four for gas. Simply release a gas pedal to brake. As per usual with a racer, I am rubbish at them. Uh, nice to see actual curves on a Vectrex screen. A nice racer, and I kind of prefer it to Hyperchase. I think I, I recognise Pole Position more, although Hyperchase does seem technically better, even to an idiot like me. I would give Pole Position a 7 out of 10, because it is a, a quality, recognised game. Do like yeah. it. Yeah, it's properly sort of branded. The box got the nice Pole Position logo and things. Mm. I think they did a really great job, um, considering it's a very much a blocky raster graphics game. Yeah. The, the, I don't know if you used or saw the overlay, but it... It adds a lot, actually. It's got gradiated colours 
Oh right, um, no, I didn't. I didn't use the overlay on this at all. So it's one that's it's quite a nice overlay. When I'm, I use it quite a bit if I'm developing games with Frontier and stuff. I was oh. seeing if I liked something with a gradient color up the middle or anything like that. Um, I yeah. use it on a few other games like Homebrews. Yeah, so oh, nice sort of my go-to one for any sort of into the screen type game. There's on the back of the 3D Imager box, it's got four games. It's got an extra game that was never released, which is a 3D whole position. Really? So there's been talk of people, ha- someone having a prototype part of it. It's been mentioned when someone said, oh, this guy's come and popped up and he's listed he's got, he mentioned he worked for GC and he's, it's, really? so people have sort of listed it as potentially one, but it's never come, it's never like made its way into the, the collector's scene. So no one, owns it let alone has dumped it so that'd be a really sure. nice one to come up i don't know how far they would get with it sort of general consensus is given the overheads of doing a 3d game where you draw a double drawing everything and the timing yeah. i think they'd probably had to simplify it to yeah. make it work in 3d but it i think it would be a good contender for someone to actually make a new version take take the 2d version and try and make a 3d one but we'll run on one of these new um like a, a vec fever pie tracks those sort of yeah the multi carts have got more than with, a, with yeah. the boosted cpu that can take over the, the sort of a lot of the vectrex um functionality yeah. could be a nice thing for that because i think i'd love to see this in 3d that'd be really cool wouldn't it yeah oh, that's really nice another arcade conversion rip off This time from Cinematronics, which is quite a popular one with the Vectrex. You control a pirate-destroying ship in space. You're guiding your precious fuel cells in the middle of the screen, which looks surprisingly like a bunch of triangles. Not precious at all. Anyway, pirates sneak in and try and rip you off. Get it? Blast them with your laser cannon to stop them. They can fly into you and shoot you with their own lasers after a brief pause. You appear back on the screen. You get unlimited chances at this, but when your last fuel cell has been half-inched, your game is over. A nice touch to the game is you can play with another player on the same screen at the same time. Use joystick for rotation, buttons 3 and 4 for thrust and fire. Or use one of the rather tasty Vertvec 10 pence Vectrex Asteroids controllers. I must think of a snappier title for those things. Um, we will talk about some homebrew controllers, which I have made. Uh, and this is one of the games it works really well on. Uh, it's a good little game, 7 out of 10. I like it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think this and the upcoming ones are sort of general agreement with you on those i haven't sort of put any comments to make but yeah good little game isn't it decent another favorite of mine scramble it's got an alternative title scramble wars you've never heard of before Uh, obviously um and it's a konami arcade conversion and it's absolute favorite i love scramble this is another one i had original cartridge of when I had my first Vectrax. It follows the original game and the terrain and levels very closely. Uh, it's got similar sound effects too, I presume, because it's the same sound chip. Uh, collision detection on the Vectrax version can be a little bit forgiving uh, on your side, and this game gets crazy hard after a few loops in. If I had this and Berserk in 1983, my head would have exploded, because I actually, actually played both of those games as a kid when they came out. So th- yeah. these are my favourite games back then. Nine out of ten of this game. It's one of my favourites. Yeah, it's if, if anyone gets a Vectrex and asking for a recommendation, I'd say try Scramble. It's possibly the best home version, which is a bit weird considering it's in 
vectors, the Scramble Wars, the alternate title, three of the original games, not all of the games made their way to Japan that Bandai released. Right. And th- three of the ones that did had the name changed. So this oh, was one of them. So Scramble Wars, and where they changed it, the boxes were had a, uh, the correct, the, the different title, and the overlay was different as well, whereas the others, uh, other games just had stickers to modify the boxes oh, and right. the same overlay as the US one. Yeah. So these go for if it's if it's any of these with an alternative title because that's the Bandai version, they will cost you a lot of money. Oh wow! Because I, I as a kid, I could actually play Scramble at home because I had one of those little early uh, the VFD games, the Grandstand one or the, uh, oh, the Grandstand VFD one. Version, yeah, yeah, and I loved it. And this would have been five hundred times better, even though that was a really good VFD game. Yeah. This would have been 500 times better, and I'd have I'd have exploded if my mum brought me this, <laughs> honestly. Uh, Solar Quest. This is another Cinematronics arcade conversion. From the manual, it says, How many types of alien vessel can you destroy? Seven different types are after you. You must first destroy them and then attempt to rescue the survivors before they float into the sun. Don't get your ship too close to the sun. Its high temperatures can destroy you. Mm. Uh, mm. This is another game I'd never played before. It's similar to Asteroids kind of thing. Uh, fly around shooting stuff and collecting what remains. Don't fly into the sun, silly. Simples. The weird thing about this game, or the thing that makes it a little bit better, is you've got quite a lot of different options to the game, which I didn't know about. Because on, on Vectrex games, they're very similar. When they first come up, it's like players or game and players. So you've got like yeah. game, I always leave it at one. Players yeah. always leave it at one. And the guys, the, the computer control players that's trying to get you are really quick. So it's it's quite a difficult game, this one. But it's quite good. 7 out of 10. Yeah, decent. Uh, Space Wars. Guess what? Yet another Cinematronics arcade conversion. But this is a very old one. This is a 1977 arcade game. Based on a 1962 game from like the really big old Iron computers, it is another Asteroids type of game, even though it's released two years before Asteroids. Instead of floaty pointy rocks, you're just having a space dogfight against a computer-controlled opponent or a friend playing as player two. Avoid the sun in the middle; it kills you again. Obviously, suns yeah. are not good for spaceships. The one-player ship looks just like the Starship Enterprise. I think that's what the nerds in 1970 1962 yeah. wanted it to look like. And the second player is just like a triangle-shaped thing. There are many different settings in this game, as I'm thinking of, yeah, with speed, shot speed, sun's gravitational force, pulling you to space death. I suck at this game. It seems very simple, but the the computer control player is really good, and he kills me a lot, so I'm just going to give it 5 out of 10. I think you have to get used to, like, skimming around the sun and using it to slingshot you as well so you can oh, use it but not so much as you go into the sun but yeah it's quite physics-y yeah it's, it seems quite you, you do move at a quite alarming pace as well and the other guy yeah. is very good I think I managed yeah. to hit him once Spike Spike is a star-shaped fellow and became the Vectrex sort of mascot um, a bit like how Sonic was Sega's mascot Spike's girlfriend, Molly, has been capped by the evil Spud. It's your job to jump and kick your way to rescuing her. When the game kicks off, you are treated to a cutscene animation with... Speech! Oh, no. Molly. 
There are three moving walkways set up in a kind of isometric layout which sort of scroll about. You can shift a ladder between the three as well as jump over gaps in the walkways. You can also kick to the left and right to knock out bouncers and birds that hinder your rescue in progress. Make sure you get the key before you exit the top of the screen to Molly's cage. I didn't think much of this game. Um, it seems incredibly simple and gets pretty boring quite quickly. The game really shines because of the speech. More like a tech demo than a decent game. So I only give it 3 out of 10. Yeah, um, it, I don't think much changes as you do level on level, does it? It's, um, no, it's very first simple. Free, first 3D platformer, maybe. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people forgive it a lot um, for the speech and have a lot of nostalgia for it because of that. Yeah. I've had more than one person come up, seen the Vectrex at Revival, asked if they could play Spike. Right. And I haven't played it since, like, 1984. Yeah. And just like nearly being bits on hearing it again and the level of nostalgia they're getting for yeah. being able to play that again. So I think think it, yeah, if you had it back then, I think you would forgive it a lot because it looked, you know, these 3D um, platforms and the speech. Yeah, it impressed your mates, wouldn't it? Any games like that? No. But it's not great. I think it goes, of the original games, sort of price-wise as well, the sort of range for all of them is probably 20 to 40. Yeah. I think this and Fortress of Narzard and uh, the ones that are at the higher end of things. Yeah. I don't think there are any that are too expensive, but, yeah, I think Spike, just because it's the one people want with, with speech. Yeah. Did, a bit more. Is the game quite simple, would you reckon, because the speech took up so much of the, the, the RAM, the ROM, RAM, ROM, one of them? Yeah, it could have it could have used a reasonable amount of the space, but it's not. Yeah, I mean it's not sample, is it? I mean it could be they were very limited. We we can now have you know thirty two k carts easily for nothing, and then you yeah. can do bank switching go sixty four, and now people are making them bigger anyway. So there's not that space. So it, it could be um, limitations back then. Yeah, not sure. Mm. Um, it's, there's quite a lot drawing on screen as well. So yeah. you have all those platforms. There's a lot of lines, quite detailed sprites. Um, yeah, it's it's sort of it's all right. It might be being a bit harsh in it now. It's just one that I do like the way he kicks so well. as well. I like the way yeah. he kicks his little foot out. That's quite good. Yeah. The next game we're doing is uh, Spinball, also known as Flipper Pinball. Every console needs a video pinball. It's the law. And Vectrex is a decent one at that. Many features from an actual pinball table. Drop targets, bumpers, spinners, hot dogs, zebras. Actually, I don't know what a lot of them are called. Maybe not all of those features. You do need a controller with the four buttons laid out in line, though. Because I was playing this with one of my controllers where the buttons are sort of in a diamond shape. Yeah. And you do need them in a line because your flipper buttons have got to be on the correct side. So when you're pressing the left button, you want the left flippers to be random and obviously the right one. Yeah. The only trick they missed out on this game was using the analog centre sprung joystick as the actual plunger because the the joystick on on a an original Vectrex controller is actually sprung. It's centred, not the the yep. Atari fifty two hundred, which just flops about like a flaccid thingy. Yeah. It actually bounces back, and it's got quite a good spring on it, especially when it's a new version. So what they could have done is, sort of, as you pulled it back slowly and let go of it, it could have twanged the plunger up. But all you do is you move it to a certain position, then press button four, and it gets going. So they sort of missed a trick there. But this Definitely. is a decent, solid little spin pinball game. I really like it. Eight out of ten for this one. Yeah, decent. Um, that's good idea with mapping the plunger to the analog stick, and sounds like a prime candidate for a crisp binary style hack. 
Yeah, he's good at hacking stuff, isn't he? That yeah. would be a good one, Chris. I hope you're listening. Uh, Star Castle. Another classic cinematronics game uh, converted to the Vectrex. This time, the Rock Hard game. I've only done one level before Arcade Club because I've got one there. You have a baddie ship in the centre of a rotating circular walled castle in space. Drone ships try and attack you where you have to shoot through the different parts of the wall and get the boss in the centre. But when you break through and there is a gap to the boss, he sends out a super fast missile right at you. Ouch. It always gets me. It's good, but it's a difficult game. 7 out of 10 for me. This game also uses the overlay to good effect, just like the arcade cab. It's got sort of coloured rings around the, 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 the yeah. castle in the middle. Yeah, and it's also it's the only overlay that, um, again, it's a later game. It shuns the usual solid but colour border with uh, rounded corners that you have on nearly all the overlays. Yeah. Uh, it's sort of got this drawn, almost, are they ice walls or oh, right. jag, jagged sort of walls around it to give a sort of, as if you're looking down inside a, yeah. a 3D area. Um, so it's really different than all the other overlays for oh, that. Right. So that's pretty good. Yeah, it's, it's a decent conversion but i find it and the arcade one as well just insanely hard it's difficult isn't it yeah and it's another being a u.s exclusive another one that you know you'd be looking at hundred pound or more for a nice bunch one that's a shame isn't it because this game would have done well because it seems quite similar to a lot of the other games where you're flying around the screen and shooting stuff and it's it's a good game really good game. yeah it is what a shame we didn't get it over here starhawk In this game, you're travelling over the planet's surface while enemy ships fly around. You have to shoot as many as you can with your moving gun sight in 60 seconds. A bonus 20 seconds will extend your game for every 10,000 points scored. The ships don't really do anything except fly around on the screen. I didn't notice them shooting at me, maybe doing later levels. They do get a bit harder to hit as the game progresses, but it's incredibly dull to play. I only gave it 3 out of 10. It's got, um, yeah, it's quite nice graphics, this. It's got like a moving trench, hasn't it? Trench, and that works well because the yeah, as the lines come towards you, it gives a really nice effect of sort of almost coming along. I think they went for a sort of Death Star, yeah, with the Death Star trench, and you're in that bit. Space Encounters yeah. arcade game, the really old arcade game, uses the same kind of effect. Yeah, old black and white game. Yeah, I'd give it a little bit higher, but it's yeah, it's uh, it's just a decent. target game to me. Just you know, you move your target yeah. around and yeah. shoot stuff. Yeah. If they, if they, but the thing is, if they'd shot at you, you wouldn't be able to evade it, would you? You wouldn't be able to move up the way. No, then it'd be so. More. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be possible to play, wouldn't it? Uh, mm. Yeah. Star Trek. The motion picture. This one's called mm-hmm. uh, alternate title: Starship or Harmageddon. Yeah, so we had Starship because they didn't have the Star Trek license. Oh, in the so UK. You'll notice so the MV1 Starship. Yeah. Right. And ah. um, Armageddon is the Japanese Bandai version. Again, one of the ones that had the different names, has the different overlay and the different um, box. And actually have that one boxed. I'm, I'm not. I'm, it's lovely. I do like Star Trek. I think Star Trek's great. The originals and the later versions. I quite like them. You're not a Star Trek fan. No. I was thinking that Armageddon might have been something that Star Trek fans are going. Oh God, it's this. Obviously, I don't know what what no that idea. means. Oddly enough, this is not the arcade game Star Trek by Sega, which was in the arcades. Um, a licensed game from Paramount Pictures, kind of like a fly through space shooting at Romulan Tie Fighters and Klingon War Spiders. <laughs> 
Did you see how I upset the night sci-fi nerds there, Chris? I do hope so. Uh, it reminds me of a simplistic Star Raiders to me. A five out of ten. I need to play it a bit more to get into it. Yeah. Is it even really Star, other than saying it's Star Trek? Is it? Do you think it's just a game they had and then they got Star Trek license? Maybe they just moved the lines about a bit to make them look like um, Romulan and... and uh, yeah, the other geezers cling on warships. Yeah, it's yeah. just it's just an, it's another target game, and it? it's sort of like um, a little bit like the first level of Star Trek. Yeah, uh, Star Wars. Sorry, I'm getting them mixed up now. The nerds won't like that. They really same won't thing. like that. Same. Yeah, it's all the same, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so it's a, a bit simple. Yeah, five out of ten. Yeah. This is the last one of the original games. Uh, Web Wars. Uh, alternate title, Web Warp. Uh, it's a decent use of moving perspective on the scrolling web. You've got to shoot drones and capture up to 20 different types of fantasy creature, apparently. If you fail to capture these and enter them into your trophy room, a big-ass triply named Cosmic Dragon, Cosmic Dragon, <laughs> will come for you, and it's hard to avoid with your Hawk King character. It seems like a good shoot at this, but I kept failing to realise which graphics were the ones I had to capture my capture button and which ones I had to shoot because you've got a shot button as well as you can move around the, the web and the web sort of moves from left to right as it's going 3D into the screen it's quite good how it moves and certain creatures you've got another button which um, it, it sort of throws out like a, a line which is like a sort of capture net if you can imagine it that kind of thing and you're supposed to capture the creatures and then you take them to this trophy room and you're supposed to get all 20 of the different kinds and I was pretty rubbish at it, and I need more time to play. It does seem quite a good little game. Uh, yeah. Six out of ten for me, but I might boost it up again when I play it more, because I think yeah, it's quite one, good. Yeah, one I've kept intending to play a bit more based on when people talk about it and talk about the trophies and unlocking the different trophies. Yeah. Having something like that where when you complete it, you can see what you've collected and stuff. That's I quite like having that in my games as well. And It seems like there's what might superficially seem like a fairly standard game. That's got quite a lot of Got quite a lot to it, a fair bit of depth. So yeah. I think it's yeah. I am going to play this get a one more this time to play more, but mm. yeah. Uh, some un- you wrote here some unoriginal, original but unreleased games uh, yeah. until the modern era. So people have got the prototypes and finished so them the off. Pro- yeah, so these are ones that so- some would have been advertised, might have been on leaflets and things at the time, but never made it out. Right. But prototypes have come up and people have released. So um, just really basic. The description: Pitchers Duel was baseball game. Okay, Seem, yeah. seems complete. And Sean Kelly has done that as a fully box game. Cool. Recent, recently, I think added, you know added a, an overlay because he's just started doing more. Tour de France spin around a while used to be just a really basic VHS clamshell release of that. Mm-hmm. You strange thing to do on the game, but it's it's quite a neat neatly done. So you're cycling. You you need to. You pick the speed you're cycling and, and pedaling and, and against um, running out of energy and picking up uh, drinks to keep your energy up. Ah, right. It reminds so, me of the 10,000 metres on Daily Thompson Decathlon. You have to sort of get get your, your speed and your uh, energy levels so yeah. you wouldn't run out of energy and So stop. it's that sort of thing, yeah. trade-off between it. So And again, Sean Kelly's just done a really, really nice boxed overlay version of that. It looks lovely. Mm-hmm. The, these are nice ones because they were intended to come out, finish games that could have been on the shelf I think it's really nice to get these now in the finished form and put them in so I've got most of these um, with my US the GCE games that didn't come out here Cube Quest isn't a finished game it's it's a 
3D rotating cube. It looks like a Rubik's cube. A really just early tech demo. But right. that, they, someone did make boxes for that. Um, Dark Tower, which is a great game, adventure RPG type one based on the board game. So I know oh, when I was yeah. a kid, but some people seem to have a mass load of nostalgia for this board game. I think it's cooperative between the players and you're playing against the tower that actually was in the middle of the uh, board game physically yeah. on the table. Um, so this you have to find the four keys in four different sectors. It's yeah. really, it's a really nice involved game, quite difficult to complete. So there's a lot, yeah. a lot of sort of scope good. to it. Um, and then mail plane, which was that's actually detailed on the back of the light pen box. Right. Like three D pole position was on the back of the. So it was about to come out, box. but they shelved it at the last minute. Yeah, it's sort of educational game, and I actually do have the prototype of this one myself, picked up at some point off eBay. Oh so wow! It's just plain black card with a printed label from mail plane. But yeah, the incomplete versions have come up, and then a few years ago, one came up that seemed to be the complete game. And people who bought it dumped it, and then again, um, some guys in France uh, did a full boxed version of that. Cool, uh, all nope. in the st- style of the original uh, light pen game. So that's that's really cool. You take off, and it does rely on you knowing where the different uh, states are in the US. Oh, and you I pick see. your route based on the parcels you've got in your plane to where to land. To plan oh, right. Field. It's a neat, neat little game. I've yeah. heard of it, but I've never actually seen mm. it play. Now I must, I must say. As well, these these games have been um, taken and sometimes finished off and made boxes and released by people, but they're doing it legally because am I right in thinking that all the Vectrex original games are in the, the public sphere you, now? They're you're not. Not right, no. Oh, really? No, I thought they were for some reason. They're Tell not. Us. It's not public domain. They've been uh, permission has been given. Freely use them for no no profit. Oh, I see. Um, and to use the assets. I mean, if you're creating games and using the logos and things, it would be, you know, sort of good to to sort of clear that you're going to be doing that yourself. Right. Um, the ROMs, so the ROMs aren't, they're not public domain. So a lot of people, it, it gets put out there quite often that they are, they're not public That's domain, but thought, they are yeah. available to use with the consent of the people who still own the, um, the rights to the games. Yeah, that uh, is super generous of them, though, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. Yeah, and they've been really nice over it. If you imagine the Vectrex not having the same level of permission from the start, the homebrew scene and things wouldn't be where it is. Yeah, absolutely. So that's a really, really cool thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I know that now. So we're going to go on to a section now, which is um, third-party hardware. There's loads of stuff come out. I mean, makers, including me, have been making things for the Vectrex since, I don't know, the 90s? Now, we're talking, there's light pens, as you mentioned. There's a few different light pens out there, which I'm going to try and make one now, you've said about it. It sounds quite easy to make them. Uh, Lots of joysticks. I mean, people have made, because the the analog joystick on a Vectrex seems a bit of an overkill for a lot of the digital games. You know, most of the games are eight-way. They don't need an analog at all. Yeah, and And they're using analogs, just not very nice to use. Yeah, because it seems there's a lot of throw on an analog joystick. You know, if you've ever used one before in, in a normal game, it's a bit weird. So there's joysticks. People have made joysticks. They made you know normal sort of like up, down, left, right with diagonals and buttons. Use arcade parts or whatever. There's unique controllers. The one I make, uh, and people have probably seen this if they've been online and, and followed me at all or follow my Instagram and all that sort of stuff. I make these Asteroids controllers, which is it looks exactly like a very small arcade Asteroids control panel. So you've got left and right, thrust, fire, and hyperspace button. 
and it's got an overlay and it's quite a small little box little slanted box um and i've just done for you i've done some special space jewel versions mm-hmm. which has got the the red and green oh, overlay so they're they're done now i didn't finish off them today and i've done um a black and white version of those which looks like the cabaret version of asteroids or the the cocktail version and i've also done a full color overlay red white and blue overlay which looks like the original upright one and there is i've done every now and again when people ask for them i do some specials so i do like a different colored button one or you know different areas of the color will be slightly different or whatever so i sort of throw in a few odd ones and the 50th one i produce i think i'm on 49 now it's gonna be a really special one and I suspect you'll probably end up with it because I usually give stuff to you because you're the biggest metric <laughs> collector I know. Um, so there's that. I thinking what that could be. Yeah, I've not told anyone actually what it's going to be. I don't think. I've cut bits out for it and I'm sort of ready to do, to do it very soon. This is a weird one. It's a thermometer. Can you shed yeah. some light on this for me? Why, what? A thermometer on a Vectrex. Why? Yeah, so some one of the things Thomas Zantowski made was a cartridge with a thermometer attached, sort of cable one with the probe. Right. And you so you plug it in, the program puts on screen what the temperature is with a little picture of a right. like um, old style thermometer and it also does a graphical representation and tells you see you can know what temperature it is. Does it go really high? There's, there, right, there's a question, it's a serious question. Does it got quite high temperatures? Um, I think I put it like the probe in my hand for a little while just to see it went as high as my body temperature. Because I'm thinking you could make caramel with it. Hmm. So sugar thermometers go really, really hot. I don't want it blowing uh, your vectors. If someone makes no, it's not that though. The thermometer is just at whatever the ambient temperature is. It's just reading the ambient temperature. Right, I see. It's not heating anything up. The probe just reads in the room the temperature and, and it displays it on the screen because that's exactly what you need your vectrex to do, right? I think with... With Thomas being, we will talk a little bit about Thomas Santowski later on because of his Vec fever, but he is a very clever guy. I expect he was just trying something out and trying to work out the programming for it, maybe. Yeah. And he did. Yeah. He made it work. <laughs> yeah, because the next one on the list there is the real time clock, which again, he just took, stuck an RTC in a cart. Right. Because um, the Vectrex hasn't got a real time, and a lot of early computers and consoles didn't have a real time clock. Yeah. Yeah. So you couldn't, what was this? Because you couldn't have timed games and stuff. Is that the kind of thing? Uh, I think this just puts, puts a clock on the screen. Oh, right. You turn okay. your Vectrex into a clock. But it actually has the perfect timing, so it, it stays accurate for so many. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. I think Chris Malcolm did a clock thing on a cart or the uh, downloadable bin you can stick on your multi cart. Yeah. I think this just takes that idea and sticks an RTC in the cartridge. Right. Uh, trackballs. Now, this mm. is for, is it Patriots, which is the homebrew version of Missile Command? Patriots was that, yeah. Yeah, there is a version of uh, Kicks as well, but I don't know if it used it. These, someone did in the really early days, adapted some, Just they're just the Atari. Oh, the Atari the, version, the CX, whatever it is. Yeah, one of those ones. They, they needed a slight uh, adapting, and... Um, I think they just changed the label, so they put a label on. Oh, I, I see. One. I got it when they made them. They weren't too much. Yeah. Um, I don't think they made many. And at some point, I just decided to sell it. And I think I got hardly anything for it on eBay. It was one of those weird auctions where it never did. The odd did thing anything. is that those Atari CX60, I'm thinking, I might be wrong. It was the CX80. 
trackballs. I've had one before and it broke down. I, I just used parts for it in the end. I think I got rid of it. But someone has got one for me, mm. which I'm gonna, I am gonna make into a Vectrex yeah. one definitely. Mm. Um, so I'm gonna get one of them soon, which is quite cool. Uh, driving controllers. There's obviously little steering wheels people have made up and stuff, yeah. and spinners and things like that. And you can Fury, adapt. George Fury did some stuck a steering wheel on and then other spinners. But you can use Atari. Obviously, the Atari had paddles. Yeah. Which that's the one that spins forever. Yeah, and the driving controllers have a limited turn. Both got ways. two hundred and seven degrees or something, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah so, I think the paddles go round and round and round, and the, the driving controllers go two hundred and seventy degrees. Yeah. yeah. So definitely, you can use driving controllers as long as you do the thing with a Stanley knife or Dremel. Yes. Uh, spinners, which is a similar kind of thing, but with the ones I make and the ones that I was generously shared with the parts from Jim and Chris Binary Star. It uses a rotary encoder. So the, the thing, when you move it, it, it changes from buttons one and two. It does it in a weird way, and I can't explain why. One of those clever guys could probably explain it better than I do. But obviously, when you spin it round and round, yeah. the Vectrex can interpret this into movements. Yeah, and you can make it read more times. I know when the when the, the version on Vectriva of Tempest, I, I was sort of testing that and sort of feeding back that the spin wasn't sort of quite right. It was yes. missing if you tried to go fast. Yeah. So in the code, you can make it poll for reading it more often. Yeah. And it's just a case of reading it as often enough that it becomes, you know, the sort of what you're after for the response. On yeah, because with Tempest, sometimes you just really spin it fast. And I noticed when I was yeah, playing that Bedlam, that, when I was playing that Bedlam hack, I was yeah. spinning it fast and it wouldn't move. It just yeah. missed. But on Tempest, you can spin it a lot faster. Yeah. It will go so around really quickly. So hacking a little bit more to make it read often, if that's possible. Yeah, yeah. But they, they, they're they really good. There's a game called um, Wormhole, which is basically yeah. Gyrus on the Vectrex, and it's a really good game. And with that, it's absolutely spot on. And obviously, say Tempest, which we'll get onto later as well, because you can only play that with a Vec Fever. 3D Imager, which you mentioned earlier, and there is the, the recreated one as well, which uses a, yep. a CD bit and all this sort of stuff, which is quite cool. The Stereo Audio Owl, um, this is from Charles Tweedy. Uh, I know Alex has got one of these. I think you've probably got one yeah. as well. Yeah, it makes so they're the called sound, Audio Taps. Audio Tap, that's it. And it makes the sound really good. I mean, Alex has got, you've seen those big speakers he's got it. Yeah. Why that too? It is amazing. It's really, really cool. Is it the same guy who does the the buzz off kit as well? Yeah, so he does the buzz off, which is you know you can you can remove the buzz more cheaply, but his product's really nice, really easy to install, yeah, and, and really gets properly rid of the buzz. I I put one in one of the first one of those I fitted in mine, just getting attacked by a cat here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> is um, I I turned it back on and thought it wasn't coming on. Because right. you normally hear the buzz and then the screen comes on a couple of seconds later. We, we failed um, to mention early on in this podcast, and people probably already know because they've listened to other podcasts about Vectrex, is the, the Vectrex early versions of it, due to a cost-cutting exercise by GCE, has got a grounding problem and it's got a, it emanates a real loud buzz. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's even just early versions. Almost all but the late, very latest versions didn't have it. Right. Fixed, but that's just very few, I think. Both of mine Nearly all it. have it. Yeah, I've got uh, seven. I've had ten sort of through my hands, and they all buzz. Yeah, all buzz. Um, it's part of the machine. Because my, 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 um, my Asteroids Cabaret cabinet buzzes like a mad mm. thing as well. I'm not sure. If, it must be something to do with grounding, because I remember 
uh, Martin White Gudler, a guy from UK VAT, told me there's a ground in, you can just get some crocodile clips and you ground the PCB to a certain thing. And I can't remember how to do it now. And it shut it up immediately. And I took it off to yet. change a PCB round. And it's it's very simple. But as you say, the, the Charles Tweedy buzz-off kit, it comes in a really nice little box. It's got very simple instructions. Is there any solder in it or is it clips? I can't remember now. Um, I'm, I think, I'm not sure if he's now got to a solder-free version, but there's a really simple single yeah. solder that I did. I put a couple in. I'm not great shakes at electronics and I've, I've done yeah. it fine. I, I'd um, say, because they are a little bit pricey, but if you're not sure about electronics, definitely, definitely, definitely buy one of these kits. They are, I've seen them. They're really simple to fit. I mean, yes, people might moan you can do it with a two-quid amplifier and some wire if you're good at electronics and you can f- you yeah. know someone who, who's got the instructions how to do it. Because I, I couldn't just do it. A friend of mine has actually put on a Facebook um, video for me how to do it, and I must do it myself. I just haven't had time to do it. And it does seem quite a simple thing to do, but you've got to get some shrouded wire and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. And with the buzz-off kit, it's very, very simple. Definitely buy a buzz-off kit if you're a bit worried yeah. about doing it. And he's done videos of it, so I did that. Had the video, really nice instructions, laid it all out, you know, pausing and unpausing his YouTube video, yeah. step by step. And, it, yeah, really nice and easy to do. Yeah, and it's the, a really nice so product, the, isn't yeah. it? And obviously you want to debuzz it if you put it then through the audio tap, which then it taps into... It's actually a daughter board that goes where your um, socketed sound chip is. Then you put that back on top, thread a very thin um, ribbon cable out of the case, and you can do that really without any modification because it fits through the gap. And then that comes out to the unit that's external to the Vectrex, and then you've got line out to um, to a set of speakers. Yeah, one amplifier. Obviously, split. It takes channel one as left channel, uh, voice two as uh, right channel and three puts it across both because I've actually got the three channels, oh, wow. so gives a nice stereo effect anyway. Although it's sort of accidental, which uh, left, right, or both they come out of. But if someone wanted to program it, taking it into consideration, yeah. you could deliberately do proper left, right stereo with well, certain sounds well, coming out of one well, side. I've played yeah. at Alex's and I've heard it at yours before, but I actually sort of played a few games. It's really good. Yeah. It, it really adds the Vectrex. It makes it really, really nice. Yeah, and some I, I, of the nice chip tune sounds that are on some demos or homebrews and things just sound awesome. Yeah, that 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 music chip on on the the Vectrex is one of my favourite in the arcade. So yeah, really good. Now you mentioned the Vec Voice or the Vec Vox X earlier, which yeah. is is it? It's, I've always heard of the Atari Vox. It's the center, so then that's you can that's use it on there as version. well, yeah. right? And the Vec Vox, as we said. Is still available and works with Vectrex and Atari. So I thought about getting one as well as a second one, but um, I did see it doesn't have the built-in speakers. I was would look into it a bit more. But that's I, that's the route. There's a few homebrews that use it. Yeah. Now you've mentioned the Berserk. I want one. Yeah. So I'm it's on. it's worth it. Yeah. Just for Berserk that. Ultimate. Get get it for that. It's Ace Yarsi, the yet another Space Invaders that's Armored Protector. Yes. That's got some speech. Oh, has it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that either. Yep, I'm getting one. Uh, the PS2 keyboard adapter. So you can actually put a keyboard into a Vectrex. Yes, I don't know what this is ever used for, but I've got one. Of course this, you have. This is, of course you have. But this is, if you think, I started picking stuff up that people were making from, like, 98 onwards. Yeah. And this was, yeah, this is maybe It must around. be one game that uses it, then. Uh, I'm trying to think. Logo... Or could you use the keyboard as, like, a controller with the arrow keys, maybe, or something like that? 
honestly, I can't remember what function I have. Someone was working on a version of BASIC or that sort of thing. Right. Uh, somewhere where you could type and it would read it. Uh, it's in a box. It turned up. I looked at it. Oh, PS2 adapter. Is that to use PlayStation 2 controllers? Then obviously it wasn't. No, it's the PS2 uh, IBM yeah, so keyboards. Yeah. yeah. Well, so I don't know actually what it's for. Um, yeah. Talking about PlayStation 2, there is a joystick adapter for PlayStation 2 controllers because you obviously need the four buttons as well. Yeah. There's an auto fire dongle, which must be quite a simple. Yeah. Ship again, that does that like I, a. Hmm. It's a yeah. You, so it just plugs into your port one and has a female end that then you can still put your controller in. And yeah, like a pass kind of thing. Um, that is for cheating gets. That is. Yeah. So that again, that was early days. I've, I've got that somewhere. Yeah, a joystick splitter to allow four driving spinners. I've actually got two of these because Jim sent me them because he's lovely. That's cool. He's lovely. I've never used them, obviously. <laughs> It'd be nice. <laughs> well, you need the extension cables to fit in, don't you? Right, I see. It, it lets you split off. So yeah, by splitting off both of the two ports, you end up with four ports. Oh yeah, because you need that. the angled yeah the angled thing to go into Vectrex. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, UV stuff. So Jim Watt and Lawrence Benion. I, I Benion or Ben Onion. Ben <laughs> uh, he's, yeah. They're both absolute geez. I shouldn't be taking the mickey out of them because they're absolutely brilliant. They've developed. Uh, Jim's done the uh, like a UV LED light frame, which clips onto the front of the Vectrex and is powered externally or from one of the ports. And Lawrence has done these really gorgeous UV inked overlays. And um, the effect on them is absolutely magical. As I said earlier, when I went around to Alex's that time, and he had a, he's, he's massive into Vectrex now, he's really got into it. He's got this half-mirrored overlay as well. Yeah. And when you play Mindstorm, it looks like the rocks are floating. It's really clever, and it looks gorgeous. I've, I've got um, a Jim Watt light frame coming, and I've already got some overlays which Lawrence sent me and he also sent me some some LED strip which doesn't work quite okay. that well that's why I bought this, the, the thing yeah. from Jim yeah the frame works really well I'm really looking forward to having that because I, I bought the asteroids overlay because he's, he's done lots of different overlays as well he's done like a really trippy coloured one and for certain games but the asteroids one looks absolutely gorgeous it's really good yeah, that's so good it goes above and beyond the experience of a Vectrex putting this thing on there as well it really adds to it and if you're going to get into Vectrex in a big way this is quite a cheap way of making it look even better yeah I put on a Revival Lawrence had come met him at Revival last year really really nice guy yeah um, but d- people just stop people and the Vectrex is people are, you know people love seeing the Vectrex anyway but with the UV frame on with a you know the asteroids and deluxe type moon at the bottom or no that's the space invaders type yes. but putting any of these on and people were just like mesmerized by the uv stuff really and that was cool. with the frame running i used the one off the power supply rather than the one that runs off port two just because it's quite bright in there it's not like i could have it in a dark room it's still got an amazing effect yeah the gym's frame with it plugged yeah. into a power supply so yeah they're, they're superb and you think it might be quite nice and a bit gimmicky but I think it really adds so much. I yeah, I do as well. I've played Alex's superb edition. And it's lovely. It's really, really clever how it works. Uh, there's a Master System light phaser adapter. You can actually play light gun games. Did Chris Binary Star do a, a whack-a-mole game where you can play it with a light gun? Yeah, and he yeah. He, made, he made these adapters. So oh, he's right. done a whack-a-mole game. There's a game not out yet that might look a bit like a duck shooting game. 
Oh, that, I, I think I know what you mean, Chris. Yes, I think um, I think there may be a dog involved. There is, yeah, there's a dog at a certain point. Yeah, might put faces at you as well and stuff. Um, but that's really cool. And so I think other light, light phases would work. It's essentially working like the light pen. Same same theory, but with a really decent range, and it's quite impressive what range it's got. Like, you oh, can, wow! Think maybe maybe not six, maybe six foot back, four, four or five, six foot. Nine inch still, wow! Yeah, on this tiny little screen, obviously you can sit really close and do really well. Yeah, but yeah, you can be a few foot back, and it's I was I was amazed because when I heard about, it, I thought, but you must have to be really close. That's but it so works cool, really well. Yeah, so you can have you. Can, I suppose before long, someone's going to create. A kind of like cut down point blank where things pop up and you've got to shoot them in the face and all this sort of stuff. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, biomass is a bit wild, they're cheap. Yeah, definitely. There's obviously um, a Mega Drive controller adapter as well. So you use the three buttons on a Mega Drive and start as the fourth button or the first button or whatever. Yeah, I've seen those before. Um, and the Stephen Cray repro overlays. This is like the original overlays, but redone because obviously the overlays break down over time and he's redone yeah. them. So he, and he does them at home, so it's not like getting them done professional printer. But as far as someone making them as a one man show with their own printers and things, um, they're really good quality. And then he makes he makes ones for homebrews that don't have overlays or alternate versions. Yeah. Makes the psychedelic tie dye type crazy coloured ones, mm-hmm. all sorts of ones. Really nice guy to deal with. Um, I think he. Not sure if there's a we will we'll search and see if there's a link, but I think he mostly does them through the Facebook group. Yeah, okay. Um, we we mentioned that later on because that's a big yeah. part of the Vectrex scene. Now the next thing we come on to now is the third party homebrew and and the scene. We can only cover so much because we're going to be here for days doing it. There's a big scene. We could spend ages on all this stuff. Yeah, I think this is the best overall site we should send to people. And this is um, Vectrex Guide. I'll put it on the website for everyone to look at. But we're going to cover a few people we know of here. And the first one is uh, Christopher Salomon, who's known as Malban. He's done uh, games that I know of. Uh, Carl Quap, which is Frogger. Uh, a game called Release. Uh, Berserk Ultimate, which you were talking about earlier, we were raving about. Vector Blade, which is an upcoming game. And other ones you can think of, Chris, because you know Malban quite well. Uh, th- those are the main ones I put in Vectorblade because that was uh, coming up. Yeah. Uh, but he's, you know, he's done the vide that I mentioned, which is Vectrex IDE, integrated development environment. So you have IDEs for any. All oh, right. Do you use that for your games as well? Yeah. So I use that for development. The right. first first game I was just using a, a text editor and separate command line. Um, uh, compiler and stuff but this puts it all in one place you can do the graphics in it sound wow. rotate your vectors and generate vector lists for that so that's how i did my spinny stars and things cool. in frontier so it's just amazing it just loads of uh loads of really good um clever stuff yeah so that's yeah and vector blade's going to be amazing excellent I'm looking forward to that one now uh, touchtronics there's a guy called christoph tuts and he is responsible for Vector Pilot, Vector Pro, and Vectrexians. They're the games he's released so far, and these yeah. are all pro versions of games. I would, I would say, he's the best homebrew guy out there. Do you reckon? Yeah, um, those games are the best. He takes the arcade conversions and does them just amazingly. He makes them even better. Tons of extras. Yeah, yeah. There's there's extras. There's there's Easter eggs in there. It, it saves high scores on the cartridge. It's got um, a full-on sort of like a big VHS kind of box. 
uh, I think two. I think I got two overlays with each of mine, separate overlays. There's like three versions of every kind. Yeah, it's a really lovely product, and they're about forty quid. That is no money at all for this. They're, yeah, they're no, easily they're amazing. Worth it. Yeah, Re- really nice package. Um, I I always say there are five Chris's of Vectrex development. It's like you almost need to be called Chris to do it. Yeah. Um, I put Malban and Christoph level first. Yeah, they're doing slightly different things. But overall, in how clever the stuff they're doing and um, the sort of games they produce, it's just, yeah, they're both like geniuses with Vectrex. The interesting thing with Vectrexians, because um, Vector Pilot and Vector Patrol, or Vector Patrol, uh, sorry, Vector Pilot, which is obviously Time Pilot, it looks like it's done with raster graphics. And the same with um, Vectrexians. They look like rasters, they put lines very, very close together. I believe that's how they do it. Yeah, that's. I mean, you could yeah, you could draw like that to create that uh, impression. Yeah, I think his are like just highly detailed. Rather than um, protector and Yarsi, they really did go for the raster effect that's yeah. deliberately meant to be. Yeah, um, I think in a lot of these games, a lot of the text and things are done to be rasterized. Yes. Um, whereas I think his graphics are just yeah so detailed that they can yeah. almost look really like amazing. Raster. I own Vector Patrol and Vector Pilot. And I'm yet to get Vectrexians. I don't know why I haven't got it. When I've finished here and had some <laughs> dinner, I'm going to do that and then play the ultimate yeah. berserk you told me about because they both sound really, really cool. Yeah, they are. Uh, Chris Binary Star, Chris Malcolm, I know personally, lovely guy. Uh, he did Death Chase, which is basically Death Race. I've owned the arcade cabinet of Death Race, and his yeah. version is brilliant. It's really, really good. It's it's only ever came out on the Odyssey 2 or the Philips video pack, where you know it as in, in Europe, and the Vectrex, as yes. far as I know. There's no other versions of it. And oh. it's a really good little silly little game. It's brilliant. Yeah. He did Galaxy Warden Space Launcher, which was my... I was responsible for that in a way. Yeah, I remember you asking and saying you'd. When we did it on to... Space Launch, I said, "Someone please make this on the Vectrex," and he did, with like in a week as well. Yeah, he added different games to it. Yeah, he, he, he drinks drinks some JD, gives up sleeping, and gets into his coding and just. Oh, right, so games Yeah. Wow, absolutely brilliant! Uh, he's done a few Christmas carts with Christmas base games on. Yeah. Uh, he's done one called Every Day Is Halloween. He's done loads of hacks and fun little bits of software as well. Not particularly yeah. games, just things to mess around with and stuff. Really, really good stuff. And yeah. also from he's Scotland. He's the third Chris. He's the third Chris of Vector Gaming. Yeah, in my, he is. in my top five of Chris. And you're not even in the top three yet. <laughs> no, I'm fifth. Oh, come on. Um, and then from Glasgow as well is uh, Clockwork Robot, which is Jim Watt. He's yeah. an absolutely lovely guy. Uh, he did Knox and Stramashum, which is probably his most, his most famous ones. Yeah. Uh, Knox and Death Chase are on the same cartridge, which I own as well. Yeah, it's like a that's double a game. A- excellent pack. Two different overlays, really. I use the same box people. Um, we shared, you know, shared a lot in, in doing my first game, Big Blue. We shared a ton of the sort of printing and getting things ready and getting the tooling done. So that works. But yeah. it's it's such a good package with two really nice overlays. They use this company, these printers that do them amazingly. Unfortunately, they take over a year on a oh wow job. yeah. So, it's so I suppose the they have best. to fit it in with their professional stuff they're doing as well. I guess maybe. yeah, it's by far the best overlays. Yeah. But the time time to get them done makes it quite hard to sort of schedule in with what you're trying to do but yeah that's, that's a superb package and their plan is to do another run of those so 
Wow. I, I thought waiting for my buttons to come from Japan, because I, I get a lot of my buttons for my joysticks from a shop in, in Japan, in Tokyo. And a friend of ours who works on Cathay Pacific, she's Japanese, who's got a flat in Tokyo. She goes over there and picks them up from my boyfriend's work because I get them delivered there. <laughs> I have to wait just until she's over there next because she yeah. doesn't often go there. Um, she, she often gets off at Hong Kong and then goes back, to, you know, back to Heathrow from there. Sure. So it's a while, and I thought I had to wait a while, but over a year, geez. Yeah. Now Knox, I particularly like because it works with a spinner, which I think yes. Jim, Jim and Chris developed together because they they both yeah, make so it. Yeah. And it's basically Atari Sprint, the original Sprint or Super Sprint, you know, that kind of game. Yeah. And it's a really fun little game. The Stramash Zone is um, Battle Zone. Yeah. And again, amazingly well done. It's to, a really to nice fit all that. And and Jim started it because someone said you just couldn't do it on the Vectrack. So he went one about bloody mindedly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love it when people do that. You sort of say to them, hey, "You can't do that," and you know deep down they're going to do it. And it's yeah. just a little push they need to do to just get them going. That, go, <laughs> yeah. And as far as I remember from talking to Jim, it was that was him learning to program on the Vectrack as well. And his first thing he did. Oh my lord! He's just mental. Yeah, he's, he's a clever guy. He's very clever. He's very clever mechanically as well, as he well is, as electronically yeah. and programming. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we, we're going to put a lot of these in in the website as well for show notes. You can go on their sites and buy their software. Give them some money; they deserve it. They really do, and the products are excellent. Uh, John Dodzilla, he's from way back, isn't he? Yeah. So when I got mine in '98, he already had some games. I actually remember going into the CEX shop in Rathbone Place when downstairs they had you know, loads of retro games. Um, and they actually had John Donzilla games. Oh, wow. On the shelf in there. I, I bought one one in there on Sunday, and they had obviously just bought them from the US. Yeah. And, and had them on their shelves. So, um, yeah, this is... And he's not on the scene now. I think you can still get all his games from Packrat, who we can talk about, but he, they, they do a lot of, out of previously out-of-print homebrews. Cool. Um so- but yeah, he did. You know, Patriots is Missile Command. Yes. Gravitrex is Gravitar. Gravitar. Uh, Vectorvaders was an early um, Space Invaders, but and then stuff like Vecmania, Vectopia, and all good things were multicarts. Yeah. And in the other days, the versions of these I've got, no one had done reproduction um, Vectrex cart shells yet, and uh-huh. with there being so f- a lot fewer. Um, Vectrex carts to destroy and turn into something else. Oh, yeah. You certainly wouldn't take... Uh, there weren't. A, well, there wasn't a common Vectrex game to just destroy. No. So mine are made out of destroyed in television games. Oh, that's fine. So they're in... Yeah, they're in television <laughs> carts. Don't know what they were originally. Um, a hacksaw's been taken to a bit to make them fit. Right. And that's, that's the early homebrews came in... Um, came in in television carts. Well, in television ga- games were much more plentiful, especially like the, the common yeah. ones, you know. Yeah, so you must have just got stacks of common loose carts and just... Yeah. Yeah. Probably Lock and Chase. That's a really... Or Burger Time. That's a really common... Good games, mine, but common. Yeah. Nice one. So, but yeah, I mean, he, he really led the way. A lot of the... Uh, and the guy after this, we talk about Christopher Tumba, they... They were there really early. They were working it out, you know. I When I came to do this, people had already worked out all the BIOS commands, all the ways to go around it, the, the dev setup, how to get things onto cartridges. Yeah. But the, these guys had to work it all out. And Clay Cowgill as well, probably the three early on who were doing it. 
Yeah, Clay Gallagher, I've met him. Um, he helps, well, he's part owner of um, Ground Control in Portland. Yeah. He's a super clever guy, really nice guy to talk to as well. And he just knows so much about arcade and obviously the Vectrex yeah. and Vector stuff as well. It's really interesting talking to him. Um, but we mentioned about the cart cases. This is obviously way before 3D printers were even thought of. Yeah. Because I've made a few 3D printed ones now, but you guys who are making games and doing them these professional packages are actually getting them moulded from moulds. Sean Kelly got moulds made. It's all, all our... If you buy a homebrew that's got a cartridge shell in it that doesn't look 3D printed, yeah, it's come from Sean Kelly. Right, yeah, he's um, another big name, isn't he? Yeah, I think it's something like... Years ago, he had the moulds made for about $20,000. That doesn't um, surprise me, because I've, I've actually... The machines I use at work make those moulds. Yeah. They're usually steel or aluminium or whatever, moulds. Do they now? Yeah, I, I could make them if I was had to. I could make them. If I sort of knew which parts to go together, I could make sure. them. I don't know about yeah, the, the so, draft angles and that sort of stuff as well. Yeah. So, But yeah, they're not cheap to make, and they would be a no, one-off. You know, They wouldn't um, make 50 of them. They would make one, probably. Yeah. So and so, yeah, and then you can get those, but he's made other coloured ones and translucent ones and things. So I've seen them, the yeah. red ones look lovely. Yeah, really yeah. Nice. Did you get some blue ones made for Big Blue? I bought the teal coloured ones. Yes. Um, I've, yeah, I've got some teal, red, orange, oh, uh, wow. just clear. So I sometimes do the odd special versions of them or put some... Uh-huh. Snowball. Yeah. Oh, just, just 50 clear ones. I've got um, a clear Vectrex Snowball, which you did. Uh, number 46, mine is. It's numbered as well. My Big Blue is number 12, by the way. I saw it, it earlier. It? Yeah, I was playing it earlier. Um, oh, you had early access. I was selling them at Smart as Me. That's true. I, I ordered one immediately when I found out you were making it. Hey. Anyway, back to the podcast, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Christopher Tumba did Omega Chase, which is basically Omega Race from the arcade, which is a yep. favourite game of mine. I played that in Chicago when I was last there in a, an environmental cab. Such a good little game. It's really good. Yeah. This version's good as well. I like it. And a game called Tsunami and Vix. I've not played those. What so Tsunami is, I don't know if it's fully finished, but it was on this double cart. Vix is kicked. Mm. It's obviously a tricky one to do on a vector, vector oh, system filling in without stuff. being able to fill the squares in and things. And Tsunami is like uh, Tempest. Oh, okay, cool. Um, so, yeah, he did another car, a collection of an early version of like spinner hacks as well of games called Spinnerama. Good and that name. Was, uh, called, yeah. So, but, yeah, I put him on, I added him in there because, you know, those guys. And, and it's probably now been a few years, but he did pop up again and uh, he... he he just pop up on the pro boards one every so often, and he had done a few proofs of concept, and it was like sixty-four sprites on screen type stuff. So oh wow! He'd come back, seen what other people were doing, and you know, being uh, a decent program, that had gone and done done some of his own of his own drawing techniques and, and cool. routines to make it. Yeah, so yeah, he's a good guy. Hmm. Am I pronouncing this correctly, Fury? Yeah, that's the name. So he's George. Polonis, I think, but yes. George Fury or Fury is the name of his company. Yeah, so he's been doing the games for a long time. Loads of the Cinemaware conversions, mm-hmm. um, and a bunch of like uh, variations on card games like blackjack and things. Yeah. He did Warrior. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, game Warrior. You um, need the overlays for that, don't you? Because you fall down yeah. holes otherwise. Yeah, and you can configure it later around. So, and he did a one-player game version as well, so with different opponents. 
Oh, right. Give it a bit of variation. Cause so the Warrior in the stuff. Arcade was just a two-player game, wasn't it? Yeah. Ah, yeah. right, okay. So, and he's, he's done a couple of, um, I think it's a World of Worlds, like, 3D game, so he's one of the only people who've done homebrews of using the 3D imager. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah. A lot of his, he's, re- he's released ROMs for a lot of them for free, so every year he'd put one out for free, and he's got cheap PCB-only versions as well. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's good there's different levels, isn't there? There's, like, the ROMs for free, and you get a cheap version, and you get the expensive full-on box. Yeah overlays and all that sort of stuff i, I do like that because you know if you're a bit hard up for money you can get it for free if you want to give them a few quid get the car only and if you want to you know make your shelf look really nice and pay the guy some decent money you can do it it's a good idea yeah it's quite a big investment and time to do the full box and you what? know for a lot of people they're not going to do all that yeah you, you've told me before some of the costs involved and it's pretty big it's yeah. pretty big we won't go into that but christ on a yeah, bike yeah it's cheap. quite a lot of money going into it I thought I thought you know putting a few hundred quid into my controllers before I make them for people was quite a lot. No, it's not, not at all, <laughs> actually. So Alex Herbert, he did Protector and Yassi. Uh, Yassi is yet another Space Invaders, and it's a flipping yeah. good Space Invaders, isn't it? Yeah, it's brilliant. And it, it, these he did, he did the one of the first people who did the sort of raster style graphics by drawing the horizontal lines next to each other. Yes, so that it looked like raster rather than vector, and it works um, really well. And Protector is basically Defender, isn't it? Yeah. It's and it's a really on, good version of it. It's really good. They're both superb. Um, and on on the original boxed version of Protector Yarsi, so it's not on the pack wrap or other version that someone did, if you've got a certain high score on Protector, it unlocks a game called Spike Falls Down. That's one of my oh. favourite Vectrex games, actually. You might have seen it. I sometimes run it as a high score competition. Oh, yes, the one where you've fallen down, you've got to land on the different areas. Little platforms as they come yeah, up. Yeah, that's really addictive. Music as, yeah, plays chip-tune music, which not many games did like during the game as well. It's just so well implemented. It's lovely. Yeah. Uh, Vector Zoa. I've not heard this one before. What's this one? Um, Alex Nicholson. So he's another one who's like Alex uh, Herbert. They're both in the scene and sort of disappeared from it. I think with ill health. But um, Spike Circus is a really cool. Your Spike. So it takes the Spike from from Spike, and you're juggling on a unicycle and using it. So it uses the analog stick, and it feels quite hard to start with. But once you get the sense that you are genuinely sort of balancing him, oh right. So you have to lean one way to travel enough. Yeah, but not so far as you fall flat on your face. All oh, right, um, it's really nicely done. Levels are really sort of cleverly thought out and varied. Yeah, so that was a really cool one. Star Sling is a bit, I suppose, like Solar Quest and that in in an amount that there's a central point and there's you sling around it using gravity. Oh, uh, right, okay. Water it is varied, but he did that. Um, and logo, I think my exposure to that school was. You, did they use it? Wasn't like big, a bit like Big Trap, but it was a turtle or something. Yeah, the logo turtle. Yeah, it's very logo, common yeah. in logo, schools. So it's that, and it does drawing. So you then do repeated patterns, um, like a spirograph as well, that sort of thing. So you could. It's really cool. It comes with an overlay. It's got all the commands, and once you get used to it, it's got the logo programming language, and you do put your program in, and then it draws it on screen. Oh, cool. Because I remember yeah. at school, we used it on BBCB computers, and it had like this sort of this weird dome thing with wheels. Yeah. You'd see all the electronics inside with a ribbon yeah. cable out of it. It was like forward, so many units, left, right, up, down. And you could have like the pen up and down. So you could pink the pen up, move around to another place, put it down, and yeah. start drawing again. Really cool little thing. 
Yeah, so that's the cool thing. And and those Alex Nicholson's games, Madtronics does them all. You can still get them from home, PCB only. Oh, like cool. Steam cart version. Nice. This so next one. This one's a dodgy, this one. Yeah. This one is Vector Republic, and it is basically you, sir. And yes. your first game, Big Blue, I was playing earlier. It's it, it's it was on a Vectrex podcast recently. It was a fishing game, not quite. There's <laughs> fish in it. Um, it's actually a diving game. Uh, people have likened it to scuba dive on the spectrum, but it's not the same. And they've also, I, I think it's a little bit like um, there's a Stern arcade game. I can never remember the flipping name to. And basically, you've got to sort of go down the levels and get some treasure and go back. But yours is... I was playing it earlier, so I know this really well. You you start off on a level, and you go to a certain area, and you've got to swim down, avoiding the the dangerous jellyfish and eels, and there's a massive shot, which keeps flipping getting me. And you've got to get to the bottom, and sometimes at the bottom there's a treasure chest. But you can't open the treasure chest, you need a key, so you've got to find the key. And sometimes there's nothing down there, so you might just go back up again. And as you're travelling down, your air can deplete, obviously, you're a scuba diver, and you can pick up little air bubbles to grab it. And there's a button so you can speed up as well. And then... Yeah. When when you find the key, you go back to the top up to your boat. You go in your boat, and you, you've obviously got the key. And you go to the next place. And you're trying to find the the treasure chest and the, the treasure, and then you're on to the next level. But then the next level goes on to um, you got you're diving deeper, and then there'll be different bits where there's there's obstructions in the way and stuff. And it's it's a real decent game, and it's the reason you made it like this is because at the time. Luis, your your boy, was younger and you didn't want him playing violent games, which is absolutely brilliant. There's no violence in it apart from you getting chomped by a big, big, big shark, shark yeah. or getting stung by a jellyfish. When you hit hit by a jellyfish, jellyfish, it just slow you down. It doesn't kill you, does it? And your air depletes faster, yeah. That's right, yeah. I remember now. Because I was, I was sort of avoiding those things. I kept getting hit by the flipping shark because he, he turns really quickly. Yeah, he keeps Stunt. turns quickly. But this was yeah. a... Um, and you've also got music playing through the game on this one as well, haven't you? Yeah, there is, yeah, which again, like the other ones was quite unusual, but... Yeah, not yeah. a lot of them did that back then. Yeah, so one of the people we talk about, Sasha, who's Luke Soft, yes. German guy, did my music, and I really liked it. So I, I started out with it playing, expecting to have to sort of turn it off when I added too much stuff, but yeah. I kept it more or less, you know, running at um, 50 hertz. Yeah, with the music still playing. And this is a game that comes in a professional box. Well, mine's in, in the other room actually because I had it out earlier, and it's got a nice overlay to it and a blue overlay with all the buttons. And tells you what the buttons do and everything. And it's quite an involved little game, and it does get harder. And you've actually you squeezed in some extra little games as well. Yeah, there's. Um, you keep doing forget. that. You keep putting little games extra, which is an added bonus. It is. Yeah, I think to start with with this, I wasn't never sure that Big Blue would get to the point where I was really happy with the total content on it. So I thought, well, in case I don't get that as good as I think it probably should be to justify doing all the box and things, I'll do a, a secondary game, simple game, but it gives you more to play and more more value there. Yeah. In the end, I, I became happy enough with Big Blue that I, the, the bonus game in it is really simple. I think you're you're playing the fish, aren't you? Yes, yeah, so and you've got, got a, dropping, you got to drop stuff onto... You can't... You can't kill the jelly. You can only kill the jellyfish, I think. You can only hit them yeah. with what you're dropping on them. I can't remember because I, I thought it's really I, basic anyway. It doesn't it doesn't bear too much uh, analysis. Yeah, no, but it's, just, but, yeah, it's an extra so, little thing, though, isn't it? It's an extra yeah. bonus. It is a bonus. In, game, in Frontier, the the extra game is more like proper. It's not 
as big as the main game, but it's, it's almost two games. Yeah, yeah, it's split into outlaw type game and a, a sheriff type game. Can you, um, well, the thing about blue, big blue is is obviously when you buy it, I think you do different tiers. Well, you can you can get. I remember you had a blue cartridge made up, a blue PCB, mm, just PCB. That was yeah. That was after I sold out all two hundred. I wow. never intended to make more because getting the overlays printed and things is it's like, well, I'll never sell another full two hundred. So what I'll do <laughs> Wanna bet? to keep it well, to keep it going, I said, Well, I'll do these PCB only. They're nicely painted blue, where it's got a, a shark on a, a resin blob on the chip. Yes. Um but well I'll do a cheap version and just have that. But event eventually people kept asking, so I thought, well, I'll suck it up, do another run. And at that point, I did the GCE US-style packaging. Yes. um, To make it something a bit different, at least. So, yeah, yeah, so the second run of that, the ones I still have are US only, or or the Bandai Japanese style. Yeah. So that seemed like a good idea then. Obviously, it made a bit of a rod for my bat, because on doing Frontier, I couldn't really just do MB again. Because at this point, yeah. go, I'll wait for the US version. Yeah, especially because so, there's a big, a, a large number of people in the US really into Vector. Yeah, and they probably don't even know what my, MB is. Yeah, my sales are about it's probably fifty to UK, mainland Europe, and fifty percent to US, Canada, and rest of the world. Yeah, with most of those being the US. Because um, you, sir, are directly responsible for me. I'm making mm. these joysticks at the moment. I haven't actually. I've shown mm. a, a prototype one. I'm making these joysticks at the same box I make my asteroids, and the overlay, I've made an MB one, a GCE one, and a Bandai one. Bandai ones are so cool. Though. The Bandai one in the green looks really, really nice, and they're going to have green yeah. buttons as well. So that one, I'm quite looking forward to seeing in the flesh. I'm still there was a little bit of a glitch recently with the overlay, so I'm still waiting for the overlays. But I've managed to do a large overlay one on a different box, which I'm going to show you later on. I've nearly finished it. And I think it looks quite nice. But the original boxes I like a lot because they're sloped. But you, sir, yeah. are the one responsible for me having to do three lots of it. But I think they're really Sorry, nice. Yeah. They are really nice, yeah. Because obviously yeah, in the UK, we've got MB, which is sort of red and black graphics. In the US, they've got GC, which is like a grey and white. And in Japan, they've got green and white. Yeah. So it's really, really nice versions. But I suppose the Super Collector... It's going to buy all three, and they probably like to buy all three. It's not they have to; yeah, they just some, want to buy. Yeah, it. some people do. Some people with that. Um, whether I'll do any more Japanese versions it is a massive labour of love. Uh, yeah, they're so nice to do. They look so good. Mm. I think so. Let's say I've I've passed five hundred sales of Big Blue. Wow, and maybe thirty Japanese ones. Is that Japanese. all it was? Wow. Well, you know, yeah. to sort of do a ratio of, you know, when you do 10% of Japanese ones or whatever, because, you know, there's not a yeah. massive following in Japan for them. But it, it looks so nice. Tell, tell us also about Frontier. What kind of game is Frontier? I know, but tell the listeners. You know. Um, so, the, yeah, two two games. It's Wild West themed. One is based around the Nintendo game Sheriff, but with added, added things. I usually uh, I'll start with that as the basic idea, then add things in. Mm-hmm. Um so sort of additions there, townspeople to save um, her walking around the screen, getting in your way yeah. um, while you play, dynamite going off and things. Um, and then the other game is two-player versus, which is a bit like Outlaw um, on the Atari 2600 on Boot Hill. Boot Hill, yeah. So, so yeah, that okay. version, mine's called Outlaw Hill. Yeah, as it um, would be. And the it's an amalgamation. 
Yeah, and the Sheriffy one is called Sheriff versus Bandidos. Yeah. Bandido being the US name for Sheriff, yeah. whereas was it Exidy who licensed it? Yes, it was, yeah. Yeah. And again, but, you can save the townsfolk and see them in a gallery of who you are, similar to the treasures that you uh, unlocked in Big Blue. Two things in, on that game. One, the townspeople is another reason why you should look at the manual. Because oh, the, yeah. you don't shoot the townspeople and don't get them shot, because then you you lose bonus points. And also, there's there's some different there's some characters in the game. There's two very special characters in the game. Who are they? They're baddies as well. They are uh, Mar- Marland and Holly. Yes, we're in it. Face off in the the quick draw shootout, which is the sort of in between bonus stage between levels. So you can shoot Mr. Holly right in face. Yeah, I and like you. that. I like that a lot. Yeah, that's another. And tell you, one of the things I really like about Frontier as well is the graphics on the front. I think they're who drew those. They're brilliant. Yeah, it's my brother Rick does all the really. All so the I'm just going to get down a second. Ooh, let me stretch up here a minute. Ooh. It's uh, so I do like all the in-game graphics, but anything outside of the game, to overlay the box, the instructions. Wow, it's all all my brother Rick. He's talented. I didn't know that because the yeah, he does it for a living. Not the, that boxes. He's the sh- he's a sheriff sense. guy on the front. He's an excellent guy. He's got a wicked moustache. Hey, you promised me a moustache. Hey. Yes, that is a wicked moustache, and the guns coming out sort of like in big perspective. It's yeah. really really fancy. You've even got the instructions on the back in, in different far, uh, different European languages. How cool All is done that? done by native speakers. Yeah, absolutely. Brilliant. The Japanese text on the back of the Japanese box is done by a native speaker as well. Wow. Very good. And you, do you want to talk about your game you're working on? Or you want to leave that as a surprise? Uh, it's not a surprise. I've put it on um, okay. uh, not Instagram, on, on Twitter, and yeah. on the Facebook page. So it's going to be a top-down racer. It's probably going to be called Vroom. Three Vroom! Um, it's Formula One style cars that are modelled after ones from '83 and '84. Yeah, the so best ones. McLaren and Williams. Yeah. yeah. Um, you're going up the screen. Uh, the track is going. The tracks are going to be based on real tracks. I've put Brown's Hatch in as a data in a table for left, right, and stuff. And so that's it's reading that off and doing the track now. Cool. Uh, you can bump into the car, the four buttons go, the four gears, a bit like Hyperchase. Yeah. So I quite like that as a mechanic. That's as far as I am at the minute. So, but, you know, if it goes well, I could get out this year. Can, can you, you put in an automatic version for dumbasses like me so you can just press the button down and go hell for leather around a track? I think I will do. There's a ton of games like called Monaco, not the 3D one, but an early Monaco GP type game. Yeah, and it yeah. had a bunch of different names. Taito did some ones. I had the track one. Doesn't the track doesn't really move? It goes stupidly fast. Yeah, you're at least a third of the way up the screen, and cars come at you, and it's a bit of a time attack. Yeah, I will definitely have that as a oh, bonus game. The one I had was Taito Speed Race CL5. I actually, had the cab yes, of that. Yeah. A, a 1978 game. Yeah, I was looking at the cab looked amazing because I was looking all these up yeah. and asking people can tell me all the top down arcade games. So I like to look around, write down nice Turbo ideas. Turbo was sort of from behind as well, wasn't it? Sort of behind and yeah, above. it's a bit uh, third person sort yeah, of. You just kind of the car, yeah. aren't you? This mm. is proper top down. Um, yeah, so I've got that's that's the one I'm working on. I've seen it. I it looks nice so far. Well, 
Yeah, it looks really good. Yeah. Uh, uh, we'll do Thomas last, um, but Luke Soft. This is Deluxe. Uh, he's made a load of games on his own level, Luke Soft. Uh, currently, mostly focused on Lynx development, actually. His yeah, games... so he's, he's moved mostly to that. Mm. Uh, you say his games were a simpler end of things, graphically, but based around good mechanics for high score challenges and always with great tunes and music, which they are. I've heard some of them. They're great. Yeah. And this is a guy called doing. Sasha, uh, and he did the music for Big Blue, like we said earlier. Uh, there's a word I can't pronounce there. Is that... <laughs> Mention mention Shag. Um, he did this in collaboration. So he, had, this was a game he had had partly done for years and yep. then returned to. Um, Malban helped out in making it run smoothly and adding a few things, some graphics routines because you know the uh, sort of ambition of what he wanted to do with BIOS routines, you, you can run out of its ability to actually keep things right. flicker free and smooth. Um, and it, it's done fully box game, nice overlays. It's quite. A, violent game sort of running around dystopian future you're with them each level is a maze that starts out certain weapons you have to run pick the weapon up and kill the people before they hunt you down all right it's quite hard it's very nicely done it's cool cool Mm. game and what was that yeah dead of night i mean there's a massive list of games because he's quite fast at doing them with doing some of them the sort of simpler things he could he could get them out fast dead of night is based on a low budget horror film by joe grisafi Right. Who is a Vectrex fan? He's he buys copies of all my games, usually one of each type. Oh, cool! Uh, and it's a uh, you know, and again, you don't get many adventure RPGs, so it's quite a neat one to pick up. Mm. Um, randomizes the map each time. It's based loosely around what you need to t- what happens in the film. Right. And a big end boss. It's a, it's a nice little game. That cool. And the, I, I I've watched a bit of the film. It's quite. I think you might be able to watch it on Prime or something. Or oh wow. Like funny horror. Yeah. Uh, Revival is a Dutch-based dev. Uh, game called Color Clash, Debris, and v-, v Hockey. Yeah, among, amongst a few others. But, yeah, some of those are... Uh, he's done games in Clamshells, done full box ones. Mm-hmm. Quite nicely done. Color Clash was uh, one of the early ones that did raster-style graphics. Oh, wow. Um, v Hockey I like. It's the two-player versus. Um, reminded me of a ice hockey game that I used to play on the C64, actually. Cool. So it's, it's quite nicely done. He's been he's been around a long time. He does stuff for other classic systems as well. Mm. And Pack Rat is a place to get hold of uh, the out-of-print homebrews. We'll put the website on the... On the yeah. On the so it's worth a lot. It's a big, long list. Again, he, he's, as far as I know, a one-man band. Really good prices. It's really nice prices. Posters can get a, mu- a bit much you know a bit high but then that's completely out of his hands but i think he does he does things for several systems so it's homebrew and out of print things that he right yeah just clamshell type releases yeah it's good that someone's actually doing this putting the effort in to do it it is Um, getting silly prices now the the one we're going to talk about is thomas santowski who we were both in touch with um and he is the guy who made Vec Fever, which we will talk about in the multicarts later on. But he's done some some games which are available on the Vec Fever, and we will talk about those on the Vec Fever. There's sort of another level again with this yeah. sort of stuff. Um, some other stuff we can just talk about is um, Vectrex Wrapped. You've got a few of these. It's basically sticky vinyl of certain themed games you put around your Vectrex. And yeah. it looks really... You've got a Space Invaders one, have you? The Space Invaders, Scramble, Death Chase, um, Berserk, quite quite a lot of them. Italian guy, Michel Fiore, he he does them. Um, he he uses these materials in his profession. 
Oh, I so, see. So he's like a printer by trade. Yeah, and making wraps for professional things. I think you'd make them to go on specific car panels or like oh, right. helmets and things. So go on perfectly. Yeah. Um, they're, they're not sticky in so much as if you just take it off, there's no residue or anything. You oh. just put it back on the sheet and back on. Yeah. So, so sort of was like, um, uh, like a suction, like a vacuum kind of thing because the material. It's just yeah, the nature of the material, but oh, wow. it's not. There's no residue, no stickiness like that, and you you can just put them on and off hundreds of times. Oh really? I didn't know that. Yeah. So I was always thinking, oh, you know, I might get bored of the theme, and um, you know, what you want to rip it and take it off. But if you can just rip, rip, whip them off, off, off and on. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow! I might get the scramble on there. That sounds pretty cool. The scramble one looks lovely. Yeah, it does. Because one of my favourite games, and um, also box protectors for putting. Um, on your original games to keep them nice and square because obviously they're yeah, cardboard just, boxes they get flattened and squashed if you're not careful yeah I just put that at the end it's not really hardware but it's, it's something that I, I bought them for my own games it makes them look a lot nicer on the shelf protects them obviously but if your boxes are a bit shoddy yeah. and damaged put them on that it makes them all uniform width and looks nice I send all my games out in them there's, there's, if you search for Vectrex box protector yeah. or box protector for any system that's the typical people who are making these for Atari 2600, Game Boy Advance, all SNES games. Yeah. Um, but I think they're a nice thing to pick up, and there's, you know, there aren't that many original Vectrex game box games. So yeah, um, might as well put them in those, aren't you? It's like collecting credit. records, isn't it? And putting them around LPs and stuff. You know, yeah, it's a good idea. This is going to be an interesting one. This is the um, the multi carts and Vec Fever because the Vec Fever is sort of on, on its own, really. And we're also going to talk, it's sort of included the Vec Stream, the Pytrex, and the Vectrex 32, which I think are in development at the moment. Yeah. Um, no. Vectrex 32 is out. Vec Stream and Pytrex, so I think not ones to go into in great detail. There are pages out there to read okay. up on we'll, them. We'll link they're to on, them. Go, they're on, we'll, we'll do a little, little bit on what they are, but they're... they're that and the backfeed, there some some similar aims in, in what they're doing. They provide a multi-car, but more than that. Yeah, sure. A bit more memory to them. And there's an onboard chip that will enhance performance, can take control of the Vectrex's controls screen and, and inputs and sound. And so as well as doing all the original stuff, you can run games using this faster processor. Yeah. Um, that you would never have been able to do on the Vectrex. Yeah, it's a massive so it's, enhancement as well, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So the first one we're going to talk about is a Sean Kelly multi game. I've I've had one of these before, and he's on to multi cart three now, and it's only sixty dollars. It's cheap as chips. It's got hundred and one games on it. Um, it's now non upgradable, but before with his older games, I think you could send it back and he'd upgrade it for you for a minimal yeah. fee, and he was really good about it. But even now, he'll give credit for the new carts for older multi carts. If you send him your old multi cart, he'll give you some money off the new one. It's yeah. well worth doing. I mean, they've got all the original games in there, apart from a few, and they've got homebrews and some demos, and there's loads of stuff on there to keep you amused for ages. Very, very professional. It's got a nice cartridge shell. Overlays and box are also available, so if you want to put something on your shelf with it, you've got that as well. Yeah, amongst those other homebrews and not homebrews, original releases that didn't come out where he's he's created boxes and overlays. He's as, Amongst that, now he's got the tooling and everything done. Um, and spun up his ability to do the boxes. He's added the really nice original box and, uh, and a generic-y but branded uh, multi-cart overlay as well. It's yeah. all really top-quality stuff. So it's nice, cool. yeah. I did have, I think I had the 72 in one a little while ago. Yeah. Mm. 
Um, there's one by a company called Raven, Raven's Retro Nest. That's a 72-in-1 game multi-cart. It's a cut-down PCB cart only. Has all the original games except Animaction, a bunch of demos and homebrew games. Only £40 UK. And UK-based. Yeah. So no import, quick to get, a really good guy to deal with, you know. Yeah, he'll do a He does a discount, but I, I think the price is good anyway. So 50p I mean, a game is nothing, is it? Yeah, it's well worth having. I've got, I've got one amongst other multi-carts. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, Madtronics, we spoke about earlier. Uh, non-programmable, two of them he does. One with mostly original games and one with like, homebrews on there. Yeah, I think they're labelled M1 and M2. You can still get them from him. Again, just nice little... Comes in a little clam, tiny little plastic clamshell with two just PCBs. I think yep. they're spread black with a... Because he, he makes my PCBs the same with the logo on the chip and a resin blob over the top. Just looks quite quite nice. Yeah. Here's one. Um, I've got the, the 7800 version of the Atari 7. It's a Mateos multi-cart. The Mateos multi-cart, I don't know if you've got one, but I've got yeah. one for the 7800. You need a, a little unit called, the, oddly enough, the dumper unit. It's a little bit that attaches to a computer and you put it into it. But it also, yeah. the dumper works with all his cartridges. So if you've got a, right, a Metro okay. 1, a 7801, I think he did a... He might have done a ColecoVision one as well. They all go into the same dumpers. You need to buy the dumper once if yeah. you've got multiple carts. Because um, I was going to dump my mail plane prototype just to check if it's the same version of that's been released and right. see how complete my one is. Yeah. That's quite interesting way that thing... But on the Mateus one, there's like a... On my 7800 one, anyway, there's a dial. And I think yeah. you've got like 14 or 16 slots... Same on the backtracks one. It's a bit fiddly because you sort of have to write down what's on them. So you have to go to you know port like seven to play a yeah. certain game or port nine to play another game. It's a little bit fiddly, but it, it's quite cheap as well. It's not very expensive, so it is a good is a good cu- cartridge. Yeah, I get the impression he's disappeared a bit off the scene at the minute. Apparently so. Yeah, he did them for other systems, like you say. Yeah. The Vec Multi, this is Richard Hutchinson. This is the one I had, the one I thought my, my thing was wrong because the tax was upside down. It was actually my Vectrex was going weird. It's got, as I said earlier, it's got a bit of an odd um, menu system, but I think it's been, he's redone the menu system recently. He's just, and he's just back with a, the, a new version of the SD cart one. I think there's nice. various ways to get hold of him, but on Atari Age, you can. Yep. I think it, it's. I didn't work out maybe eight, around eighty pound, but it's it's really nice three D printed yeah. case slots in really smoothly. Put an SD card in as well. Yeah, it's a really nice solution. And and up until very recently, any SD card solution ones were going for a ton of money on eBay because no one was making them. Right. So actually, it's been a nice thing to get back in. So it's been the last probably six months. Richard started doing them, and over the years, he's been in. Vectrex development on the hardware side for, for years. So he's yeah, I bought my multi-cart a long, long time ago. I mean, like, years and years ago when I yeah. got mine. Yeah, I remember lending in my original light pen just so he could test some stuff when he was doing the hardware mm. for that, for repro ones, and, a long time ago. Mm, cool. Uh, there's a Vectrex 32. We've got a website for this, which we'll, we'll put on the, the website. Uh, Vectrex 32 is a project dedicated to bringing 32-bit processing power to the Vectrex arcades. This is an extra, extra, extra hardware inside the cartridge. Yeah. So the, Bob Alexander's made this. It's, it's specifically aimed at so add, adding that extra power. Um, and you, so you can write, debug, and run games using interpreted BASIC. So you're not using Assembler. Right. Um, and, 
So you use an intermediate basis so it's easier to get coding, easier to learn, should make it more accessible to more people. Because it's got 32-bit processing power, it doesn't matter that it's in basic and not assembly. Ah, because right, the extra yeah, processing course. power means you can still get performance out of it. It's been out maybe a couple of years. There's been a you know, steady uptake. It looks really nice product. Uh, Bob supports it with updates and is responsive online. I haven't got one just because... For me, doing assembler and all that is more than the time I have. So diluting that with anything else just yeah. isn't for me. But I think it's great for other people to get into programming. And what I've seen recently, actually, two or three popping up on Twitter of people I've never heard of saying, oh, my first Vector 32. Someone's done some really cool 3D Tron oh, wow. bikes type game. It looks amazing. So it's worth searching around. And, and a couple of other people have just done. So that's within the last couple of months, I've seen things popping up. And that would be, I know. Eric's Eric Craig Banana, he's, he's planning on doing something for the Vectrex Furniture oh, as well. Friend of ours, um, yeah. But yeah, I think that I think it's a really decent product, good piece of hardware that he's, you know, designed from the ground up. So it's it's a nice option. And here is the big boy of the bunch. This is the Vec Fever. Uh, this is by Thomas Sontowski, VecFever.com. Uh, it's a multi-cart, uh, for one thing, it's a multi-cart. And Thomas's original games are on it. Uh, Robot Arena, the core, head on. 2047? Yeah. That's uh, tile-sliding puzzle game where each time you put the two matching numbers together, they double up to 32, then 64. It's a very popular game, and I really like yeah. it. It'll keep yeah. you going for hours. I've got it on, on mobile phone. I've got it on all sorts. It's come out on everything because it's one of those things that people just make for it. It's a really good little yeah. game. The thing about the thing about Vec Fever is it's also it's got a lot of developer functionality as well, which I know nothing about. You probably know more about it. It keeps high scores for original games, not just the games on the cartridge, but for the original games, which never yeah. did. Yeah. So when you when you play, say you played Scramble, that cartridge, obviously it's on the ROM on the cartridge, you will save your high score. So when you press a certain button, it will tell you the high scores and remember them and your name yeah. for all so the original games. Yeah, it tells you when you finish your game if it's a new high score. Yeah, so I, was, I remind myself of this playing Berserk yesterday. So then you go to the free, free initial entry, of which actually in the configuration you can pick a whole bunch of ones. It's like Amiga era, classic arcade era, C64. So all the different ways of oh, you right. like entering free, free letter initials are, are configurable from the menu at the top of I the... I didn't know that. I didn't uh, know that. Wow. Because you can change your font style to a whole bunch of different things and all yeah. sorts of... I, I always get the impression... Quite a few people don't go backwards from the start menu and look at those options. I've had a look but, at a few, and I've changed the font on mine. But yeah, mm. and I, there's also a built-in test mode as well. Yeah, there's like a built-in a sort of a more. You get to screen save as well, and yeah, fade the loads screen, of different be lockable, lock boot to just one thing. So and then you put your initials in, and and then it actually, as well as showing you the high score table, there's a bitmap version of the. The actual logo so for scramble it'll be the correct font yes, with that sort of it does look thing nice, yeah. uh, done as if it's raster style graphics at the top so it's it's and you'd think it would always been there it doesn't feel like a clunky add-on it feels like it's now part of the original games i like it when people do modern software or modern multi-carts or multi, even on the arcade side of things where they make the menu look like it's from 1983 that's my favorite simple maybe a picture of the game Old fonts, that's all you need. No spinning whizzy stuff like Hyperspin, which I'm not keen on. Just very simple, and that's what he's done here. There's yeah. an onboard jukebox to play tunes. I love that. 
especially with the audio out. Yeah, with your uh, your little meets, you play a lot of the tunes on it, which is great. But the thing that gives this thing its its power is an onboard ARM chip inside it. Yeah, for me. Yeah. So again, like all of these, like the one way or another, through some additional thing, the Pytrax and Vaxtreme also have, yeah, within them either a Pi or some other accelerated yeah uh, processor so yeah so this this has that which obviously then beyond the other things you mentioned the developer that means when i'm developing you, you can just flash it to the cart then take the cart across and put it in uh, my vectrex next to the mac usb cable into the vec fever which is into the mac that's turned on yeah um, and with using the developer functionality i can be making changes and live test them without yeah. so that speeds up the cycle of testing absolutely so because um, another thing that you can do via a wire, and I saw it a few years ago when you did it, and it blew my mind, is you can play MAME games, emulated vector MAME games, through a USB cable, and it uses the Vectrex and the cartridge as a screen. Yeah. So it's actually the processing power and the emulations coming from the computer, but In then it's using case, the yeah. vector as the vector monitor for the output, and you're playing the arcade games on a vector screen with proper yeah. vector graphics. Yeah. So that the PC's running vector main. So in this in this instance oh, main right, is yeah. involved because it's on on the Mac or PC. Yes. The vector even needs a slight modification. Yeah. Which um you know I know Thomas has done some. I know Chris's binary star did mine for me. So that that adds an additional USB port. But yeah, that way you're running through the I guess so that really impressive to use i think you can use the orientation either way downsides to that route of using the arcade is it's not using the vectrex controller so you're running the, oh, right, using yeah. the keys or whatever you've got on your pc yes. and the sound also isn't coming out of the vectrex it's just using the it's sound. screen isn't it but yeah um, the first time i set that up was just amazed and had that running at a revival and people were just like what star wars doing on the vectrex yeah, yeah. So, it's, it's mad isn't yeah. it? but we're going to blow people's minds even more in a minute they did that, and I was like, oh, I must I must mod my Vectrex. And then before I knew it, Thomas was putting the the static binary translations of these games actually on the cart. So you're playing it just with the cart. Yeah. It's emulating arcade games on the Vectrex screen using Vectrex controllers. So you're basically playing the arcade games from the arcade on a Vectrex. Yeah, because you yourself, who doesn't supply them, will get the the uh, ROM, the arcade ROM. So it uses that at its core, but it does a ton of very clever stuff to not only get it running, but optimize the graphics. Yes. Hand tune and optimize the controls and inputs and the sound. So yeah. there's, a, there's a, a lot on top of it that's done to then make it the best yeah. experience on the Vectrex, including like really detailed calibration to get the graphics right and being able to use the Vectrex on its side in horizontal orientation. That's right. What I find amazing, actually, is how well most of these run um, vertically. Yeah, I've played a few um, games vertically. I mean, Asteroids yeah. and Asteroids Deluxe and Space Duel play lovely vertically. Yeah. Just, just like Mindstorm does. It's really well. Yeah, so they're actually all right. So they, those work really well, all the sounds there. I think just, just before doing the Statband Translations um, with Asteroids and Asteroids Deluxe, Thomas had actually written his own versions of Asteroids and Asteroids Deluxe yeah. just from scratch. Yeah, I know. It's amazing. And they play almost exactly the same. Yeah. Those are amazing, but were almost immediately made slightly redundant by 
him doing these amazing static binary translations that will run a arcade ROM on yeah. there as well. And there's a bunch of games working on there at the moment, and I think he's working on a few more. And it it's just brilliant. I mean, the amount of games he's put on there now, you would never believe could work on a little silly Vectrex, and they are. And it's really, really clever. Yeah, game, games that people say, well, it couldn't even drive it, even if it was this external processor, that the screen wouldn't support it. But what's been proven is Flipping in well most, does. most of the cases, it does a couple of bits, maybe like the all the scrolling text on Star Wars will cause it a bit of trouble, but yeah. mostly absolutely fine. So for all the different developers we've been speaking about, they get this, but especially to the Vec Fever... A resonant yep. ping. That is the, the highest congratulatory thing we can do on this podcast because we've got amazing. very little resources. <laughs> and also, must thank Thomas as well because I've been I've been um, in contact with him via email because when I did my asteroids controllers, the hyperspace button was mapped to down on the joystick, which is great for playing his games which was rocks and saucers and rocks deluxe but on the actual emulated ones i think when you you move the joystick left or right it worked as hyperspace and he changed it for me so people can use my controllers for all the games they'd have to you know mess about with other controls they can use that and he's also helped me out with some of the twin stick games he's tweaked controls for me and everything really nice guy to deal with um yeah the thing the only thing is is with Vec Fever, it's quite a limited product. He doesn't do it on a massive production rate because he, yeah. for whatever reasons, he doesn't. But he likes to be working on on the programming side and the technology, and he's always you know trying to do things differently. And they're quite hard to find, and people do go on about not being able to get one, which is unfortunate. But you know, he he did it. It's his business. He he can make as many or as little of them as he likes. Yeah, hopefully there's hopefully there's more coming. Uh, there's a massive demand for them, and obviously Huge, it, yeah, is, yeah. it is a really big source of frustration for a lot of people who don't have them. See the yeah. crazy prices if one does come up on eBay, and it's not so much the pricing as well. They they just like to have one because they also see. I think it makes it, uh, you know, the uh, extra frustration is like it's not that he did them; they're not available anymore, and but it's finished they're being improved every few weeks. Yeah. You'll see that there's even more that it does. And it, you know, if you still don't have one, yeah. that's extra frustrating. It's like, Oh wow. There's Star Wars now. I'm really pleased for you. Oh, you know, Empire Strikes yeah. Back. Oh, major havoc. Oh, this is a mega chase is added. Yeah. Um, hopefully though, as this, you know, this continued development, development all gets added. If that settles down, cause there's a finite amount of these games yes. to do. Then Thomas, m- Maybe he focuses back a bit on getting a few more out. I, I think you could sell hundreds of them. Yeah. And the thing is, I think the real commendable thing is he could charge what he likes for these things. And when he does actually sell some, they're not that expensive. But I think I saw one. I think Alex said there was one on eBay for £900. Yeah. I think and a couple also, since then have been like five or six. But yeah, it's, it's, you're yeah. talking hundreds now. and. You know, I think Thomas originally got rough, roughly a hundred pounds. Yeah, I mean, I've got one, and I wouldn't sell it for nine hundred pounds. It's that good. I would not sell it unless I was like destitute. But I, honestly, yeah. I wouldn't sell it because it's not about the money. That thing really makes the Vectrex something else, something special. Yeah, it really and does. it is also, you know, we mentioned earlier about Malban and um, Christoph Tutz being like 
at the top end. Yeah. Thomas, Thomas is at least the same level of, of the development. There's, I've put Robert Arena there, and now I've read it out. Robot Arena. But Robot Arena core, sounds pretty good. It does, yeah. Uh, the core, they, you know, a lot of people initially found out about Black Fever because they saw Robot Arena and want to play it too. Yeah. Um, and apart from a few standalone carts, the only place to play it is also on Black Fever. Yes. And it's just an amazing twin-stick shooter. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like um, Robotron. Yeah. And there's so much going on the screen, and, and it works with um, twin sticks that I've sort of made, and also twin analog sticks, or just two joysticks, and it works really yeah. nicely. And it's, they're, they're really good games as well. Really good little games. So yeah, the, the Vac Fever is, if you can get one, get one. They are really worth it. And they're hopefully really one will come, so I know, again, we're probably and, um, adding to the frustration now about singing the praises of it to yeah, people who have something that, like, but... yeah, it's amazing, and yeah, it really is a good thing. But yeah, hopefully they'll come back. But in the meantime... Yeah, and I, I think these two other ones that we are just talking as I say before, they're still in development. There's pages out there if you go and to look to see what's happening. I think born out of people wanting to have something like Vec Fever that does some similar things, so acts as a multi-cart, also has hardware acceleration, so you could do extra things that run yeah. name style arcade games um, and higher performance yeah and the other thing i think streaming audio and streaming video which are things we, we haven't touched on so much but just oh. the extra the, the large capacity and its ability to to um Shove it out with, yeah. allows you i think the first test you sort of do on these it runs on vectrex is the bad apple demo it's yes. on those systems and someone did it for the vectrex it's like, so, a, it's like a music video isn't it with yeah. music going and all this stuff yeah. going on so it's crazy music going these crazy animations so it's done for the vectrex so as a proof of concept when you're going to do something similar you've got your basic product working and it's acting as a multi-cart you then say can we make it run the Bad Apple demo? Because, you know, it's streaming right. lots of information, music. So right. Pytrax and Vextreme have both done that as wow. a starting point. Uh, I guess the good thing, the Pytrax, as you might guess from the name, uses a Pi Zero. So it plugs in. It's like having a Vectrex cart that plugs in normally into the Vectrex. Yep. The back end of it has a slot that you can plug a Pi Zero into. Right. That's where you get the extra power in this one. Yeah. Um, the Vextreme, I'm not sure what the extra processing power is supplied by, but again, it's, it, it does a similar thing. They're both open source on both the hardware and software. Wow. So I guess the good news there is that anyone can make them. You can go, is it Oshpark or whoever? You can yeah, order in, in, your, in, yeah, in China, yeah. Order your PCBs from and then your components. So, and people have already made Vextremes themselves. Yeah, I think uh, I talked to Jim few, about this, and I think he's done one, and he yeah. says it's pretty good. Nice one. Neat, I've got one. You got one as well, nice. Yeah, I need to do a bit more testing on it, but it's a nice GitHub project repository. You can raise bugs and things. So I've, I've put a couple in there, went into my past life as a project manager, agile type thing, and was creating creating tickets with bug reports. And <laughs> Excellent. Formulating them as a, as, a, as a user, I would like because blah. Yeah. So, so basically, to sum all this lot up, there's more coming. There's more good stuff coming. It's not going to stop. Lots of options for just even the multi-cart stuff, extra few nice things. I know on Pytrex, Malban's been quite involved with that of late, and he's Good. been getting some of the original arcade games running on that as well. So oh, wow. So be it's coming, options. then. It's coming. So, yeah. So, nice. 
sort of getting towards the end of it now. Uh, listeners will be glad to hear we're three hours in. Um, you to change the name to Broken Token. Yeah. <laughs> sort of a guide to people who want to get a Vectrex. And believe me, you want to get a Vectrex, they're really cool. You can currently get one. They do pop up quite a bit on um, Facebook Marketplace and eBay. And you even see them in some retro shops now and again. Sort of, we reckon about £200 loose for one with a, yeah. with a controller. And it's obviously got a built-in game. You don't need to buy any games. Or if you want to go high end, four hundred quid for a box one in good condition with a working controller. You know, no yeah. scratches and screens good and everything. Yeah. Obviously, you can get you can get lucky. Maybe plus or minus twenty on both of those as well. So you know you yeah. can get a good price, slightly worse. But you're looking around that two hundred or four hundred. Yeah, in, I've seen them about that as well. Mm. The the new boxed homebrew games, which we spoke about earlier. I think all of them are very high standard, and the programmers would have been thought of as superstars, including you, back in the day if your games were released back then. I mean, you look at the original games, they're good, but quite simple. You know, arcade mm. conversions, simple games. And the games that are coming out now, you know, not using, even the ones that don't use any extra hardware, are brilliant. They're, they're really, really good quality. I mean, you sort of heard back in the 80s when. You know, people were bringing out games like Jet Set Willy and the Ultimate games. These people were driving around in Ferraris because they were so sought after. And I think yeah. the people who were doing these games back then would have been exactly the same. They're really, really cool. I also say get a multi-cart, whether it's just a simple dip switch one or one's got many games on it or, or one with a menu or an SD. If you can get a Vec Fever, brilliant. That'd be really cool. Or one of these new ones when they're coming out. Almost essential to play a lot of the homebrew games. You know, some some of the, the multi carts have got homebrews on, but these things are coming out almost weekly. There's loads of stuff coming out, so it'd be best to get a multi cart. You can get games on, take them off, put new versions on, or whatever. And also, you said about you know 200 quid for a loose one, plus or minus 20 quid. I was very lucky because I got one for 150 quid and 20 quid postage because of this next thing. The Vectrex sometimes have a common fault where the joysticks and buttons start playing up. Um, it's nearly always a dirty graphite pad under the button of the actual physical controller because they do get dirty yeah. over like 30 or 40 years. And it's quite simple to, to get the thing apart. You've, got, you've actually got to ruin the label on top, but there is, a, there is homebrew labels made because it covers the screws. Yeah. So if you take it apart, clean the overlays, clean the sort of graphite pads, it normally sorts out a joystick. But if it isn't that, it's nearly always, if there's a problem with music as well, is the, the AY chip inside, because it controls not just the music or the sounds, but the controller inputs as well. Yeah, weirdly. Yeah, it's odd, but it, there is a test cart you can get, or you can get one on a multi-cart, a ROM of it, and it will give you a little a little sort of cross-hatch, and you can see where the controller's moving around and your button's working. Yeah. And sometimes it's normally common, I've had it on both my Vectrexes, where button three is pressed in all the time. That was the same okay. on both of them. Yeah. And I fixed it just by putting a new chip in. It was that easy. So if you're offering one for cheap that's got a problem with the sound or the controller, snap it up. It's probably that, and it's not difficult to do. I think there's online yeah. guides how to fix it as well. It's quite easy. You might be on to winner with that one. I've bought two, which were meant to be broken, that just had the brightness turned down. That's right at the end of my notes here. Oh, is it? <laughs> on, on the back of a Vectrex, is is a because the Vectrex is all black, like a Darth Vader black. Yeah. And on the back of a Vectrex, right at the back, there's a little tiny knob, which is the vo- uh, the the brightness control. And it's black as well. And it's very small. So sometimes people turn it on. They'll hear the game come on. They'll hear the game sounds. Oh, the screen isn't working. Turn the brightness up. I've read loads yeah. of posts where someone said, turn the, bright- turn the brightness up. And it's brilliant. It's fixed. Thank you very much. And yeah. it's just like that. So if someone offers you one with no picture, 
also buy it quickly, rip their arm off, because it's probably just Yeah, that. they say it's playing blind. Yeah, it's nearly always that kind of thing. But it and could I've be fi- a problem yeah. inside. But I mean, it can be all sorts of things. I've fixed a couple where I just, with, with there's four socketed chips, just with known good ones, gone one by one. Yeah. And seen what it did. And in one, there was... I'd, I'd bought broken just to fix sometime to try, so I got it for cheaps. And, you know, one by one, the chip made it, a, it went from a dot to a line that went right across the middle of the screen. Yeah. Then I had to change another of the chips, and I got half the screen with the graphics right. and dodgy sound, then changed the sound one, and everything was like yeah. perfect. So it was like three of the four socketed chips were had become knackered, and yeah. Fixed so, it. Nice one. So. Some good sites to go to is uh, vectrex.co.uk. And yeah. there's a Vector Gaming Pro Board, which I presume you're sort of involved with. It's on Atari Age. And we'll put the links on, on the website anyway. Yeah. So yeah, the, there's an, yeah, there's an Atari, a Vector Atari Age as well. Vector Gaming Pro Board is where everyone sort of moved after the really early. Right. And Vectrex Fans Unite on Facebook as well. Yeah, the, the Vectrex Fans Unite, the one we're on, Oddly enough, it's Vectrex Fans Unite with an exclamation point afterwards. Uh, I think the story goes, there was a disgruntled member who got banned or booed for whatever reason, and they started up their own Facebook group, Vectrex Fans Unite, without that. And use the use the same banner and everything. Yeah, just make sure if you if you find a Vectrex fans unite and there aren't a few thousand people in it, don't join it. The 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 right one should have a few thousand. Yeah, and I'm on there, and you're on there, so you know you're in good company. Yeah. Uh, listen to R- Willie and Rick on the recently started up again Vectrex Radio. It was on for a, a while, stopped for a few years, and it's back on again, luckily. Um, and hopefully there's going to be a Vectrex homebrew podcast. Was Is that a thing? No, it's something I thought of as a, as a possible idea. Could oh, you've said like it now. Even... You've got to do it. Oh, damn. Sort of monthly thing where... I think it would work, honestly, yeah. Yeah, I think there's enough to talk about. Just get a quick... I got the. I sort of had the idea, but then I was listening to a pinball podcast where do a little bit of news that they know themselves, and then they sort of ring in people have rung in with their little recorded excerpt for that month. Oh right, they're doing. So I thought, well, you know, friendly with quite a few of the developers, I could just see if they wanted to either chat or just send in every month or so. If someone happens to have sent in a little dev diary of what they've been doing, that sort of thing could That's work. Really cool. Nice short thing, only once a month or thing. But yeah. I think there's enough going on where it, it, it could, you know, you could. there's enough to cover, I think. Because you could even do, and I'm talking personally here, do a little section with hardware because I'm making these joystick things mm. and controllers all the time. And I don't think I'm going to change that much now because there's limited amounts of controls you can use but i'm doing different overlays and different colored buttons and you know different bits and bobs and might want ideas from people yeah so if you could do i would be gl- help i'm glad to help out with that if you wanted to do it. i can't do it every month because i've got sure. 10 pence to do but yeah that would be a good thing to do so if you if you wanted to continue that have a ring round, talk to a few people if you want to hand with it I'm, i'll be glad to help cool i think it'd be really cool i yeah. think after 14 million hours talking about Vectrex, yeah. we've about exhausted it for now, but things are carrying on. It's not going to stop yeah. anytime soon. And that was just skimming over a lot. And that was stuff, just skimming but, over yeah. things very, very quickly. But I think we had to do the thing justice because I love my Vectrex and we had to do a bit of an in-depth thing with it. And uh, thank you for joining me, Chris. Uh, yeah, anything else you want to add? On. No, just I'm glad you're editing this. Yeah, I'll edit it at one and a half speed so it'll sound like chipmunks. It'll be fine. Okay, then, Chris, um, we're off for our teas now anyway. 
Um, I think I've got noodles. And <laughs> I hopefully I'll get back to our regular podcast very soon when Sean's back. And uh, thanks for talking to me, Chris. And goodbye, everyone. Cheers. You can download or play the podcast, read all the show notes, and leave feedback at www.10pencearcade.co.uk. You can email me at vertvic at 10 You can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can tweet me at 10 and you can tweet Sean at Sean Holly. We'd love to hear from you for game suggestions, arcade pickups and stories, or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered.